right, welcome to Night Shift. We're still recovering from this beatdown that UCF just took at the hands of Kansas State at, you know, dangerous Manhattan, Kansas. I can't even, what's the final score? 44-31. was not that close. I'm Eric Lopez, Andrew Glukoff, Bryson Turner. I think Kyle Nash will join us for a few minutes before he gets on the road to Jacksonville to watch quality football. You know, unfortunately, we didn't see much of that tonight. UCF loses 44-31. was not that close. Kansas State, what, what's the total yardage here we ended up with, folks? It, it was a lot. I uh, talking about for the just the team for or Kansas for the State? Game? For Kansas State. For Kansas State. How many? 536. Whew. We're going to break down what happened to the defense. Kansas State, Timmy McClain start. Send your comments right now. We are live everywhere on social media. We're going to address this. Uh, and get to the bottom of this, because I know a lot of you are very upset, uh, annoyed right now, like I am. All right, Drew, real simple question. What the bleep happened? Well, Kansas State was a better team. Uh, it, first things first, you're playing on the road, so you already have a handicap there. UCF is not a good road team under Gus Melzahn. Uh, we've seen it each of the last, you know, each of these three seasons that he's been here. So you already have that working against you, you know, you have to break momentum and then basically put your foot on their neck and not let up because if you let them back in the game, momentum shifts, crowd gets into it, that becomes difficult. Uh, th then you just have a lot of execution problems, uh, a lot. Uh, bad angles on defense, uh, you know, linebackers being absolutely chewed out. The defensive line was non-existent in its pressure. Uh, against the Kansas State offensive line, but I mean, you're dealing with you know Great Plains corn-fed beef now. You know, it's a very different game than against you know uh, AAC talent. Uh, then you had you know a quarterback who who tried playing hero ball too often uh, instead of throwing the ball away or or you know live and play another day. He'd hold on to the ball too long. He ran out of bounds. He takes sacks, threw an interception, and you know sure he made. Uh, got some positive gains here and there, but I mean, those are 50-50 balls. You, you don't want to throw those. Uh, you need to be smarter than that. So uh, there's a reason why Timmy McClain was bounced out of USF and is the backup at UCF, and you saw it tonight. Great talent. All the talent in the world. He needs to work on his mental aspect before he is ready for prime time. Well, no, it's funny you mentioned that, Drew. I mentioned last week, uh, this was going into the Villanova game. I said, Timmy McClain, don't be Josh Allen. And what I meant by that was Josh Allen, the Bills quarterback, tends to be a hero ball. Cost him the Jets game with the turnover. Don't try to be a hero. And to your point, he tried to be a hero when there, it just wasn't there. Um, is that youth? Is that exuberance? I think you described it all very well. Um, it just – you got to, like, know when you live to play another day. Throw the ball away. Don't take some of the sacks that he did. It's just – and he was lucky, Drew – there was a play or two where he just threw the ball up for grabs and it was caught, but it was not the most well-advised throws. It was just – I just didn't feel comfortable with him all night from a decision-making standpoint. Oh, well, that's the 50-50 balls I'm referring to. There were yeah, a few yeah, of them. Yeah. Uh, one actually ended up being a, a third-down conversion. Another one ended up being an interception. Uh, that's what happens with the 50-50 balls. You know, things like that happen. Uh, the key is don't do them, you know. Live and live to play another play or another series. Uh, be smart. Uh, you know that one 
where he you know never even looked at his uh, check down. R.J. Harvey, who was standing there with no one in the same zip code as him, uh, kept looking, kept looking, and ended up losing a massive ton of yards. Uh, and ultimately, you know, led to the the Colt Boomer miss field goal, and that was really where the game truly turned. Uh, the momentum was was any chance of momentum was gone. Uh, Kansas State had all the momentum. The fans were fully invested at that point. Uh, they were not able to come back from that. Uh, this is still a team that has has work to do. I mean, you, you're working with the backup quarterback. Uh, you, you're going to have problems. This is a good Kansas State team. You know, they they were able to take UCF out of their element. Uh, their running game, which is Kansas State's defensive specialty, uh, shined here. You know, they did a really good job against uh, one of the best running attacks in the country. Uh, UCF had to rely on the pass, and that's uh, you know it'll make or break you. And eventually they broke. But my counter to that is, we're going to see a lot of that moving forward. Teams are going to try to take the run, make Timmy McLean beat them. I think the frustrating thing, Drew, because you're right, Kansas State offensive line, offensively dominated UCF defensively. We'll we'll get into the UCF defensive breakdowns because there were plenty. But I think what's frustrating to fans, and we're and we're already getting this in some of the comments, and and I can relate to this. This is what's frustrating, Drew. It's one thing to get beat. You get beat by the better team, clean game, so be it. But when you shoot yourself in the foot. And contribute, it drives people bonkers, Drew. That's, I think, why so, there's a lot of frustration uh, on this. We'll get to the comments here. but well, it's, that, uh, it's unforced errors. That's what it comes down to. That's right. Unforced and that's, and that's why I'm angry. And that's, most that's what I'm angry about. Because you, and now that you're no longer in the American, the American, you might have been able to get away with this in some of those games. You're not going to get away with that here in the Big 12. And, you know, whether people like it or not, people care about it this team doing very well. It's important for this program to do well. Uh, let's get to some of the comments. It's uh, Drew and Bryson, or, and we'll get to Bryson. I promise we got, I'm, you know, we'll, I'm just, I need to get, I got to let this go. Um, well, how so, about I give you just a, a little bit of a break, Drew, because Chet Bortz actually has a question. Yes. How many rushing guards did UCF have in the second half? So that is actually something that we can look at right here in the, in the staff broadcast stat sheet right here. So if you look right here, UCF had 44 rushing yards in the second half. You can see in that stat right, right here. Not, not ideal, I would say, right there. Not ideal at all. What did you see, Drew, that shut down the UCF? Was it just that Kansas State deciding in the second half, we're not going to let them beat us with the run. We're just going to be more. I mean, part of it, too, is Kansas State offense was on the field a lot. They, they just controlled tempo. Well, it, it you know, UCF had big plays. You know, you look at the at the big plays. Uh, you know, they happened largely in the first half. You know, uh, McLean to to Harvey in the first quarter, the big touchdown to to Hudson second quarter, uh, early third quarter was the uh, the second uh, Hudson touchdown. But I was right, you know, right in the beginning, and then it tapers off. You know that apes are going downhill after that, and they weren't able to to generate uh, nearly as much. Same with the rushing. You know, the biggest run was in the first quarter. So I think part of it was Kansas State kind of aligning. Because remember, UCF comes from a different style of play 
you know, in the American, uh, really an Eastern team versus a, you know, a central team. You know, they have different styles, you know, East, West, Central, whatever. Uh, so they're built more for speed. It took Kansas State a while to kind of adjust to it and then start to realize, all right, we're going to dare you to do this. And they they committed more against the run because they know what that's what UCS bread and butter was, and that's what their defensive strength was. That was always, you know, they averaged less than two yards a carry coming into this game, you know, given up. And, and UCF did pretty well, but they, they went way below their own season average, uh, you know, only getting, what, 143 yards on the ground. You know, they averaged 4.2 yards a carry versus the seven that Kansas State had. I mean, their offensive line just absolutely manhandled UCS defense line, which was supposed to be their strength. And it just exposed them for really not ready for prime time. Yeah, literally. Uh, we got some questions about comments. Motion star. Why did Ricky Barber stop playing? I don't know if that, I mean. Uh, he, well, he, he, well, they they had him on a, a snap count. Uh, they, you know, he, they said, uh, and they mentioned that on the broadcast. mentioned a few times on the broadcast yeah. that, that he, he was limited in how much he played. Uh, the, the real question is, and this is where the hypothetical comes in, because of the strength of the running game inside from Kansas State, would Barber, would a healthy Barber made enough of material difference to really change how this game went? I'm not entirely sure because of how one-sided that position group was. Well, this is one comment that I think kind of gets them. Well, let's, introduce, let's introduce Kyle Nash, who has joined us. A man who has got another doubleheader ahead of him. He's got the Jaguars on Sunday, so he'll at least get to see some good football this weekend at some point, unlike, the, you know. Us. It's okay. They can't see me because of the branding anyway. No. <laughs> What's up, guys? Uh, let me ask <laughs> you this Kyle, I was working on it. I know, buddy. I know. Let me ask you this, Kyle, because I want to follow you up on the Ricky Barber. Ricky Barber obviously was on a snap count. We didn't hear anything about Ricky Barber, did we, at all, about him being banged up? I mean, and this yeah. is kind of the frustrating thing, uh, Kyle, because you cover the NFL. In the NFL, there's the they, they have – we would know by Friday what everybody's status is. College football, it's like a mystery. It, it can be. It can be. Yeah. I, I feel like well, and, and I don't know uh, if you remember me referencing this in the night shot and in the night shift podcast here uh, earlier in the week, uh, uh, Elo. But uh, I, I had mentioned that they were talking about I think it was post game last week that they were hoping to get him back with Josh Salisgar had said that after the game. So in my mind. Um, what you're referencing is the NFL is they have them, whether they're out, questionable, doubtful, whatever. Um, based on hearing that and, and what us discussing it um, as we did on night shift, we was either last, last week or on Thursday, I forget which, but in my mind, he was already questionable in the first place. Um, so, but even if it was full strength, I'm with Drew. I'm not so sure this makes that big a difference. Maybe he doesn't break uh, you know, but I think generally speaking, Drew has the right idea that this group's interior offensive line was pretty strong. And Giddens, listen, I maybe Deuce Vaughn was that good, but. I'm wondering why he didn't have as many snaps last year. Deuce Vaughn's the answer, right? We are yeah, Deuce Vaughn. Yeah, I just hope this. I just hope this is not a start of a trend, and we make every running back this year look like freaking Barry Sanders. Um, <laughs> I mean, he, he was this, this guy was a man possessed. He was yeah. breaking ankles on on poor yeah. linebackers. Walter Yates, uh, uh, send send him to the hospital. I think he has some broken bones down there from the amount of times he got 
cut to pieces. All the time we spent um, having questions about the secondary going into this game, it was really the linebackers in the front that prevailed, right? I don't know if you made the point yet, but there's, uh, by my count, 165 yards. I'd have to look again. I will definitely have the correct number in night class on blackandgoldbanner.com when that does go up on the site. Where the heck's the bing? Come on. See, Jeff tells me to stop doing this. We lost, Kyle. Everything's a doubter. If we won, we use we have the soundboard, you know. But but the punchline being, um, you know, that that is proof to your point, Drew, uh, about the linebackers struggling in coverage um, and, and that containment in general in, in the check down not being there. Kansas State did a good job exposing the linebackers, didn't they? Uh, they, oh, they absolutely. And, and and I made this comment on Slack, and we got in an argument on Slack. I won't mention who I got in the argument with. You all can well, figure it out. It's, 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 your, it's your work wife. We know. It's chicken. <laughs> but I said, did I not, Kyle? This team misses Tatum Bethune, a player like that. I mean, sure. I because, No, I mean, no. The reason I bring this up, I'm, because the fans are going to talk about the quarterbacks that are not here, and my point is, I don't think the guy, the quarterbacks that are not here, is the reason. Is the issue? The issue is a player like Tatum Bethune. That's what hurts well, more than Luke. No, I like than, let me put. A, oh, when you go put ahead, it, Kyle. Yeah, I'll, I'll hand it right back to you, Drew. I like that you say it, a, a Tater like Tatum Bethune. It's hard yes. for me to lament a guy that's two years gone. No, no, but, no. And look, yeah. he's made the right decision clearly. So I mean, I'm not criticizing. Yeah, him. There's he nothing made the right clear decision. about getting past a mediocre, uh, obsolete coach like Dabo Sweeney in a, a an obsolete oh, conference. But you do, you yeah. know. Go ahead, Drew. <laughs> well, I, I'm also gonna pour a little cold water on this too. You're you you say we need Tatum Bethune. A player like a Tatum Bethune. You have Jason Johnson. Uh, That's the guy who replaced Tatum. The one you're missing is Jeremiah John-Baptiste. You're missing him, who was better at outside containment and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. He was able to cover large. That's why they were able to run a nickel defense so often uh, is because he could cover a lot of field and do it well. Well, they don't have that. Uh, You know, you you have – uh, Walter Yates, who was supposed to be pushed into the second string. I mean, that, that explains everything. Uh, you know, and, and his angles were absolutely atrocious. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Giddens ate this guy for lunch. I mean, it was completely one-sided uh, on, on, you know, as far as that aspect goes. But, you know, Tatum is a great player. But, you, Kyle, you're absolutely right. He's two years removed. And Jason Johnson is an outstanding, outstanding linebacker problem is they never replaced Jean-Baptiste. And, and and with that in mind, too, the reason why I think we should focus on the linebacker spot, too, is this is the first time in uh, this year that the argument can be made that this is a full offense. You have athletes everywhere. You have tight ends that can make plays. And, and, and the guy who I feel like we did the make look like Barry Sanders, even though he may not be, would be Sanat, right? Ben Sanat had a game um, what, what's he got there? 64 yards. Listen, I think, I don't know that Giddens will another, get another 200 yard gain. I'm not going that crazy, but, um, he's going to have a, a lot of other big games all purpose. He had damn near 300. He may not do that again, but he's going to be a good player. He's going to make an impact against uh, what's funny is they haven't used him as a full-time back. They had Trayshawn Ward, who's a transfer from FSU. They've been splitting and Ward was out of the game and it didn't matter. And Will Howard, wasn't yeah. even close to healthy because he didn't run like he normally would, and they still tried. Game, yeah, oh, that's what's so dis- disappointing. Well, I, I, just, there's, I there's mean, so many pieces to this. Uh, there's the the defensive ends who on routine plays 
got shoved away by their tackles to the point where they're five yards behind the play. I mean, go back and watch. It happened countless times. I kind of felt like the interior did a lot of the work, too, for KSU there. I I feel like the defensive tackles were handled in a way that they – I mean, obviously they weren't going – they were going to face the stiffest competition in this game. But I don't know that we'll have other interior O-linemen that push these dudes around the same way, at least if you're a UCF fan, I hope not. Yeah, and, and remember, this is not a bad Kansas State squad. You know, Correct. They, they won the conference last year. They're still returning talent. Uh, we saw some. <laughs> we saw some tonight, uh, and and so I, I don't think this was a fluke. Uh, Kansas State, I think, is the better team. They're a little more cohesive. They were playing at home. They had that big advantage, and and, and they they didn't make as many high risk moves. See the the thing about uh, what. Patton McLean's stats is there were a lot of jump balls that you had to have great receivers like a Kobe Hudson, uh, you know, jump up and just pull those things down. But those were high risk plays. Uh, if you look back at Kansas State's plays, they were relatively safe for the most part. They were just really, really efficient at taking care of the basics of what was needed, opening the hole, giving protection. Um, you know, managing the mismatch. I mean, as you said, Sanat uh, just absolutely uh, carved up the linebackers. No one can keep up with him. Well, again, uh, 165 yards to guys that aren't receivers. That plays right into your point about low risk, right, Drew? Oh, absolutely. I mean, those are your checkdowns uh, and, and your safety valves. You know, you're taking advantage. Of, you have a quarterback that's not 100%, so he's going to make – you know, some less risky moves, and it, it worked perfection. I mean, we need to be careful using the term check down, though, Drew, because to your point as well, in exposing that linebacker group with the tight ends, they were sometimes where they were clearly the top target, right? Well, at that point, I you know, I mean more of like the play design. Uh-huh. Uh, obviously, I'm running this play. These are normally the hot rods, but, you know, you're probably going to get open, so I'm going to keep I mean, an eye on you. By chance, you get the big play, shoot it, but we're really looking here. I see where you're going. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you know, the way the play is developed, a, a smart quarterback recognizes that, and you go with the hot hand, uh, you know, and you and you, you, you use the mismatch. You use the, the, the coverage, you know, mis, miscues, and we saw a lot of them. Uh, remember, uh, Kent State had its way with UCF's defense on short passing plays Mm -hmm. uh ucf's worst defensive runs uh were uh, outside containment issues uh we saw that tonight it's Uh, almost like they were watching some tape there drew i hear you and nothing changed this is the same team now you're actually playing competition that's actually worth something yeah, well, and, and 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 in fairness, you know, there's a lot of the. I think the 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 leap in talent was huge, and I think that was a factor. By the way, I came in making jokes earlier, Bryson. The comment you put up on the screen earlier about, you know, I don't want to declare a moral victory, but there were some positives to pull out of this game. I think that's an accurate statement, and it's worth covering my face for. I think this is a good point. Like I'm joking, Bryce. No, this is a good comment to point out. Um, but um, that's yeah. Team Friedman, by the way, who made the comment. Let's give credit to the person making the comment. We're, thank, thank, you. thank you to everybody tuning in. We got more and more people tuning in right now, as a matter of fact. So uh, we'll keep going. But with all that in mind, uh, I think there there were a lot of great takeaways. Yes, at the end of the game, and I know Elo and and and, and Drew were going to take their turns with their proverbial baseball bats to beat on how Timmy McClain closed this game. But listen, it was close as it was due to a lot of positive plays by McClain on the night. To ask for a backup 
to do better than what he did with as many third and longs as he faced with as big a deficit as he eventually got handed in the fourth quarter, I think is worth some mention. Let's not forget, by the way, that Timmy McLean is listed as a sophomore. So this is a, a guy that is on, I would argue, does not have the experience that John Rice Plumley has had. Let's just put it like that. There's also the it, there's also the fact that he was under pressure, like in against Villanova. He didn't have any pressure at all during that. It's Villanova, but here you can a lot of his troubles. I think really stemmed in the second half where the pressure was mounting. the The game was really close, and the offense was, was trying to do more. something with it. And unfortunately, he he didn't. I think have the meant the ability there to just like you said, Drew, just throw it away and fight another day. He was just kind of just keep he just keeps on trying and trying to see like he had all right, he but- had all day in the pocket he still tried to make something work out of that but sometimes you just need to know when to bail and he didn't know when to do that and i feel but like decision John making that. that's drew, the experience right there but I, I will defend drew and my decision making you can't just because he's oh he doesn't have a ton of he's a backup you still have to make good decisions and drew he made some costly decisions that hurt this game. Now, mm-hmm. is he going to get better for it? perhaps? But that we said he can't make turn in this league now in the Big Twelve. You cannot, will not win making those type of mistakes. You can get away with that in the American. You can get away with that as the starting quarterback at South Florida. You're not going to get away with that here in the in, in, in this level of football. I think right. the statement and- Drew made in the chat regarding this, and 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 I think this is another instance where you're you're just a bit more. I don't want to say negative to me, Drew, but like I, I think you 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 can be more critical than me at times of certain things. But the one statement I think you'll make is he did expose that he's a he's a he's a backup tonight, right? Like, but do we know if we would have had that much better uh, decision making? Or would have seen, I should say, we as a football audience, would we have seen better decision making from John Rice Plumley necessarily in that situation? I don't know, because this is another guy who puts the thing on his back and tries to take control. So we say all this at Timmy McLean's expense, which, by the way, earlier in the game, he was making those decisions rather properly, had time, maybe looked down the field a little extra. Okay, it's not there. The guy's bearing down. I'm going to throw it away. The guy's. Yeah, and, and it happens one time late in the game where the announcers finally decide to, you know, acknowledge line play and stuff. And they, oh, Timmy McGregor, these guys are so horrible. Elo, don't get us started on the broadcast. Don't even get me started on the broadcast but, but, um, uh, uh, on that. Let me let me just say this. In Timmy's defense, uh, he does have a nice deep ball that he threw a couple, you know, one on the touchdown there. And I think Darren Hinshaw called a good game. Oh, absolutely. I, I think better days will be ahead for Timmy, but it where he gets himself in trouble is when he tries to ad lib. And I well, think to your point, that's point. where John Rice Plumley ran into that problem a little bit last year in particular. Who knows what would have happened if he was playing? He's not, obviously. Well, um, Eric, Eric, here, here's yeah. the thing. You know, we, we talked about the third and longs, uh, which sure. UCF had a lot of. I mean, UCF yeah. averaged eleven yards. Sure. Uh, on third down, I mean that's that's bad. And third and eleven on average. Woof. And by the way, how many did he convert, dude? You know what I'm saying? Not enough. <laughs> that's that's enough. Not, yeah, that's not fair though. Like, the answer is three. Five and twelve. They were five and twelve for the game. Yeah, three right? of those conversions were were on nine nine yards plus. I mean that. I mean, that's, well, that's in the first half, he got another one. Now, granted, one of those conversions wasn't him because, to your point that you're about to make, if I don't, because you're a hater, just kidding. 
was the was the long Richardson run. So we obviously. No, I was going to let you want, you have that because I know you're you're a big Richardson fan. No, I was actually going to point out where where actually McLean was part of the cause of those long third downs. Uh, you know, especially in the fourth quarter when you you, know, you lost twelve yards because you held onto the ball too long and lost the yards, and then uh, you know later on a big ten yard loss because he held on to the ball too long, didn't throw it away, and and got taken down. Those were both uh, quarterback sacks. That if that big took. ten yarder doesn't happen, we're not talking about this on this show. I'm I'm sorry. That's that's just my opinion. Well, I he he had you know twenty four net. Or 24 negative yards on the day, you know. So day. basically, half of them were on that play. Uh, well, right, yeah. we're, we're, we're we're dragging on one play here. Let, let's. That's what I'm saying. What is what can what is the most important thing to fix moving forward here? What we're going they're going to host a Baylor team that's terrible. They just got blown out by Texas. Uh, they've got big issues. It's going to be a big home crowd. Three thirty. I think this is a you better win this game. Oh, here we go. Week four, must win. Let's go. Or sorry, well, I must in, win. Here we go. In Eric's defense, you're playing against a a team that's not as good as you. You know, Kansas. Right. I don't want to hear that. Yeah. You know, Kansas State was a good team. Uh, Baylor is not a good team. So yeah, it, this is a game they need to win. It's their first home game. It, you you have to stop the bleeding, reestablish a positive momentum as you go into the second. You know, heading towards that second half of the season. Uh, so th- this is definitely a a potential momentum shifter. They drop the ball against Baylor, and and the wheels can really fall off. I agree, hundred percent with that. I agree. And look at the schedule after Baylor. You go to Kansas, who I think has the. If you guys think Will Howard's good, the Kansas kid Daniels is way better than Will Howard. Oh, way he's better. the most dynamic quarterback in the conference, easily. You know, Quinn I think Ewers you're is a good quarterback this already. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, we've seen. Uh, what Kansas did last year, regardless uh, of your injuries, up. regardless of your Leipold fanhood, Drew, you've been talking about Daniels at quarterback for some time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, once, once again, I am the Florida representative of the Lance Leipold fan club. Ooh, that's gonna be an awkward week that week. Let's uh, <laughs> <laughs> not forget Ke- Keaton Slovis of BYU is no slouch either. Well, but UCF doesn't play BYU. But you, yeah, thank goodness. And, as far as in the Big Twelve, I mean. But look what happened today. I mean, Kansas. Kansas beat BYU and it was I watched that Daniels I mean if Daniels is healthy they're going to score points and that's you know my disappointment guys we talk so much about this defensive line and how this defensive line is good but Kai I want your Drew said they got exposed today by Kansas State do you agree with that did we overrate this D-line yeah a thousand percent listen okay. and, and listen I, I was waving the flag hard for these guys and and you heard my lead to back Drew up listen I don't think Ricky Barber makes that big a difference um I don't, you hear that, Jeff? I, I'm not going to say so much to say that they look small, um, but they were very certainly dominated. Like, well, isn't this one of those things though? When you're getting beat up in the line, you look smaller than maybe you actually are when you're getting that, physically beat up. There you go, exactly. And I agree with you on that. And, and listen, I don't know. Uh, listen, the what what brought KSU to the championship? Listen, we could talk about Duggan and, and, and Max Duggan and all that stuff that he did last year with TCU and and, and KSU. Oh my God, it was a great game. And blah blah blah. Which it really was a great game. But you don't get to that point without starting in the trenches first, right? And everybody across the board, coaches, coaching assistants, players, all had the odd concept that the depth was going to be the issue, and we saw that 
here that depth in the trenches was it. Now, while Coach Williams uh, uh, had said the biggest growth on defense in terms of depth was on the D-line, we didn't see that tonight. Conversely, I like the offensive line play. Did they play perfectly? No. Um, but I, uh, if they came out and continued to perform like this for the rest of the year and saying this is the line and they're going to play like this for the rest of the year, hey, I'm happy with it. This is, this, is, this is better than the line was last year. Yeah, they're playing that much better competition from what I can tell. And look at what the running game did early to provide balance to give McLean an opportunity to keep the Knights in the game. The offensive line was a big part of that. I mean, Timmy McLean had all the time in the world in the pocket on some throws. I mean, uh, some, on some and throws. That, that's something we 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 would have we would have like given like an arm and a leg to see last season. So, yeah, the oh, the all line is definitely is definitely um, except uh, except Tylen Grable. I think someone needs to do a, a wellness check on this guy because I mean he was uh, beaten so badly. Uh, Tough night. Game. Uh, he, he, there may be nothing left of him. I mean, well, but how much? I mean, I mentioned this on the podcast. UCF played Villanova and Kent State, and with all due respect to Boise State, you keep insisting on. They're not. I, I don't think State. this team was. They did not look like a team that was battle ready for this level of competition compared to Kansas State, who just had a physical battle with Missouri last week. Like UCF got hit in the mouth right from the get go in the first drive. I wonder. If some of the players read the clippings too much about how Kansas State's kind of banged up and all this or that, and they thought, hey, we're going to do our thing because we've dominated these teams so far, and he got hit in the mouth early. Uh, I mean, it was 24. They, they kept it close. They it kept 24 it 24 off. I would argue Kansas State the helped. The train them. fell off the tracks when the, penal- when the penalties started happening, the costly penalties happened, and the mistakes oh, wow. got made in the second half. Don't you say that to us. You, you make mistakes when you get tired, uh, and that's what happened to him in the fourth quarter. You look at the fourth quarter; the wheels fell off. I mean, well, that, wait a minute! Wait a minute. That, the big mistakes uh, Bryson's referring to are in the third, Drew. Ah, but the game wasn't decided in the third quarter. It was that's when the wheels fell off in the fourth. Quarter. You like it or not? The wheels fell off in the fourth quarter, and I will actually put it to one play. Let's just say the lug nuts came loose in the third quarter. Let's put it and like that. The yeah, oh, I mean, I, the third and 24 con- converted to even keep the next drive going, for goodness sake. But nobody wants to talk about that. I mean, you know, there there are just weird plays. Even the announcers were, were dumbfounded. But, of course, they they were dumbfounded because they were dumb. <laughs> there we go. Were dumbfounded. Hey, wait, hold on. Can we, oh, wait, let me just say this because, Kyle, you're the witness. We said I this. vote Devin Garner for, for a Razzie for bad sportscaster <laughs> of the year. For acting like a broadcaster. (laughs) I warned everybody. These are big – if you're expecting quality officiating from Big 12, um, you're in the – you're you're, going to be very disappointed. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I don't think officiating is an issue tonight, do you? No, no, but I'm saying there were some calls that people, I mean, are upset. I think there were some questionable calls on both sides, et cetera. I mean, I I, I think was the roughing the quarterback on – they called on UCF. I thought that was – Look, that's 2023 football. They call a lot of tippy tap stuff like that. Well, that wasn't. Uh, you got to be smart. He, he took that's some extra steps and 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 right, got right, right. For hit on a guy because he was hurt. And that's to uh, Drew's point. It's a 50-50. Don't, don't put yourself in that situation. I agree, a hundred percent. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't bring in in a world we're living in where player safety is getting what it has. There's a big lawsuit settlement 
targeting penalties get reviewed every time. All of this is a thing. If you can't adjust your brain to the fact that they're watching that more, you're the problem at this point. G dot wrote terrible penalties late, killed any momentum we were trying to build. Look, you got to be smarter. And I, I, I didn't think we played smart. And that is worrisome to me. If you're going to be successful the rest of the year, got to play smarter. Gentlemen, very simply put, Trayvon Morris brash with the roughing the passer call such that there is where he had miles of time to pull up. And listen, you guys know me by now that I am trench warfare guy. I support true. Jesus yeah. out yeah. He effed up. Okay. And if he pulls up as he's supposed to, is expected to, and had every opportunity to do, that would have been the fifth straight drive without a touchdown and would have rendered a third quarter with only three points given up. You think Tim McLean would have been making the same mistakes then? I don't because they would have still been able to run a balanced offense. He would have not had to carry the team throwing the ball. And I, I think that would have been a different set of momentum. Now, Drew's going to talk crap that I think this is that big of an impact on the game, but I'm sorry. It's where I'm at. And also, the other 15 yards that come from Lee Hunter's illegal hands to the face don't even occur because the ball is punted away on the next down, the fourth down. Well, so let me let me uh, play devil's advocate because I have to. I have to do. Because Kyle was expecting it, and I would disappoint. I would be disappointed if, if you two did. I'm, you two are agreeing too much right I now. Mean, I'm the thing is, he, he, he basically says, like, you have to do it. Okay. I, I did bait you, Drew. I will give you that much credit. I, I will do it. So <laughs> they give up the touchdown. It's 31 24. No, no, no. I'm saying they don't give up the touchdown. Oh, no, no. But this is what happened. They did give up the touchdown. It's after the 30, It's 31 24. You right. have over a quarter. You don't have to abandon anything at that point. You have an eternity to, to do what you were doing. The problem was they relied so often on big plays and 50 50 balls. You know, okay. the, the ones where, where Kobe Hudson just jumps up and pulls it out of the sky because he did it multiple times. And, and God bless him. Uh, what a talent. Three catches turned into 119 yards, and he wasn't even done for the night. I hear you. Yeah. By the way, we got they, Matt Bay no. says, amen, Kyle. We've got Lonely Bumblebee, Drew spitting facts. We got fan bases here <laughs> divided on who's right. Of each. I love this. Just, just hey, keep going. Lonely Bumblebee said, Drew has said spitting facts. All accurate tonight. That, that that has happened. I've agreed with him some. You just accused me of agreeing with him too much. I, yeah, I mean, you know, blind squirrels do find nuts occasionally. Yeah, and I'm proud that you found one tonight. Moving on. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> but but the truth the truth is there were there was a lot of time left. Uh, they they could have settled back and just you know continue to try to play smart ball. The big play that really killed them was on that on that drive when when Colton Boer missed the field goal. What set him up on the late field goal or the long field goal was the team claim ball, right? Was was that really botched up play? And uh, you know, would that have changed the results of the kick? Who knows? But the fact that he had to kick it longer probably played a role at least some role in it i assume there's a mental block of that 50 not block but uh, there's something more ominous about a 50 plus yard kick that that i think changes the mentality of the approach true i will meet you there um and but, the drive may have actually continued if they didn't have that big loss you know well say uh, but it didn't really derail any possible that came after a third and 24 another big play by the way that you're choosing to omit in your assessment that Johnny Richardson play even allowed us to get there. That's how desperate 
the momentum in this game was after those two big 15-yard penalties. Period, point blank, end of story. Which, again, was put in a long situation because of mistakes that McClain made. Johnny Richardson did have some really good plays, though. The fact, like, he had two amazing rushing uh, running plays that were just negated by mistakes, whether it was red zone play that forced them the field goal on that first half or that other one where Timmy McClain would, uh, where Timmy McClain had that. By the way, Bryson set the table also for Timmy McClain and company to get the second lead change, or excuse me, first lead change. No, I am right. Second lead change of the night. Um, opening the second uh, second half, right? That yeah, long return. Yeah. Johnny Richardson, just a very impressive game. Honestly, a very impressive game out of him tonight. And that's what I think a lot of people are really mad about because you can look at a lot of people that had some really good games. Kobe Hudson, great game. Johnny Richardson, great game. Heck, even Timmy McClain, I would argue, 75% of it, good game. But... The, that 25%, the, those, the, the 25% is just ended up what really kill it, really killing him. And it's those little moments when you feel like it's when you look at the timeline, you just see that split where it's like, oh, if we just did this, then it could have been completely differently. That's where the anger comes. I got to pour some cold water on this. I got to do it again. Because if you take out that 48-yard run by Richardson and you take out that 23, you know what his long on the day is? Four. Uh, this was UCF's uh, game in a nutshell. Was the big play? Uh, they Not they knew though. That that's 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 been Gus Malzahn's approach since arrival. He's looking to get set the he's he's looking to set things up to get that big punch, and that's why Richardson's there. I mean, I, I I hear what you're pointing out, but Richardson's job in this offense is to be a home run hitter, right? Right. Well, it is, it is they all offense to do this against. Technically, they're all meant to be home run hitters in different ways. Uh, Richardson was able to find a couple of spots. Uh, RJ Harvey's longest run, uh, seven. He was 14 of 39. He averaged less than three yards a carry. Uh, th- this was a running game that was largely neutered. And I think that was part of why that 23 yard gain happened because it was third and 21 at the UCF 15. Mm-hmm. Uh, they probably will really bank with UCF. How much, of, how much of that, Drew, though, is not having Plumley, who's a great runner himself. He's part of that running attack. Defenses have to. Respect John Rice Plumley, whereas I don't, you know, I think this defense tonight anyway was more paying more attention to the UCF running backs than they were to Timmy McClain's running ability. And that's well, what I, you can do to a backup, too, by the way. I don't think there's any right, argument there. Right. Yeah, I, I think they, I think the, the defense act, uh, played a very smart game for, you know, on Kansas State's side. Sure. You know, they, they dared him to throw. You know, you have a backup quarterback, dare him to win the game. And, and you know what? With the receivers that UCF had, they were able to keep in it for a while, but then maybe he got a little, you know, maybe he was getting a little tired or something, but that's when mental mistakes largely happen. And that's why you notice across the board, both on offense and defense, the mistakes started compounding in the second half, especially in the, especially in the fourth quarter when everything just fell apart. They were getting tired when, when Kansas state is running the ball as many times as they have, I mean, they, they ran the ball uh, 40 times. You know, again, it's 30 times and just absolutely was carving them apart, averaging almost almost seven yards a carry. Uh, that's going to tire you. I is 10 at some points in the game, dude. It's crazy. Yeah, I, you know, you're, you're going to wear down. Mistakes happen. You know, you, you can't adjust to a cut as well. You start making a, more angle errors. Uh, your ability to wrap starts to decrease. I mean, just one thing after another. Quarterback late. 
Yeah, and how you much, make stupid mental errors like just you know. But let me ask you down out of frustration. Let, let let me ask you this though: how many? How much of this is fixable? How much of this is a all season issue? Uh, I would say most most of it is fixable. Uh, most of it. Uh, you know, you have Barber who was on a, a snap count that didn't help. The defensive line a little bit exposed, but you know what? What you do is you pivot and you change some of those tactics. Okay, we know uh, our guys are a little bit under strength to be able to 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 break in. You know what? Let's change our tactics a little bit. Uh, let's let's drop back a little more. You know, have a little more of of a contained rush instead of uh, try to bull through because the bowling isn't working. Uh, the defensive ends are getting pushed away. The the defensive uh, tackles just weren't penetrating enough. Okay, so let's change that. Uh, maybe use it as an opportunity to, to use a linebacker to to me, you know mess with a gap and cause a little bit of uh, confusion. You know, there's there's options there. Uh, you know, John Rice Plumley should be coming back within a you know a handful of weeks. Uh, you know, that'll help there. And and you have the talent to to still be competitive. You just you know most people. And, and you know, myself included, we're expecting seven and five, six and six. You know what? That's still very much on the table. I'm, I, I think seven and five is very realistic. Maybe even eight and four still. Well, I know Eric twelve conference has been. That's what he said on Thursday. Yeah, I mean, this big nine 12. wins. Yes, I, I think this is a good enough roster in the Big Twelve, which is not a great league this yeah, year. Exactly. They, they're looking down. That's the thing. But, and they got a very soft. They, you could argue UCF has the easiest. Conference schedule of all the Big Twelve teams. It looks that way. I, don't, now. I, wouldn't, say, I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go that far and say they had the. Look at it. Baylor struggling. Cincinnati is a <laughs> mess. They they look terrible with Emory Jones. My God, I but can't their believe defense. Still... Their defense. They did play well. Good. They did a nice job. Without Nippert, you know, Nippert helped them a little bit on that. UCF has uh, to play on the road. Texas there. Tech. Texas Tech lost their quarterback today. We don't know how long he's out for. Oklahoma UCF has State, to play on the road against them. Remember, Oklahoma UCF State has no quarterback. My point is, but the point is, all That's things not a soft schedule. That's not a. Soft it's a schedule. softer schedule than it could have been. Like it could have been worse. You could have That's gotten different Texas. That's different than what you said, though. Right. Said yeah. No, don't know. Um, big, I, I heard. What, I, I heard what you heard too, Drew. And he's making the adjustment. Let him make the adjustment. The schedule is easier now than it looked. That's the correct statement, right? Well, you didn't get Texas. You don't have Texas on the schedule. You don't have a TCU on the schedule. You don't have BYU. You don't have to go to Provo. All things considered, considering you had six road games, I think you got a favorable schedule. Take advantage because that's not because that's not going to be the case every year, and yeah, certainly not with Utah coming into the league next year when Utah yeah, beats up on everybody. Well, you know, Utah, Utah, five toughest road road you know locations <laughs> are places UCF has to travel to. Yeah, they well, avoid. But, yeah, but the, Austin, the bigger issue there is Provo. They still got to go to Cincinnati. They still have to go to Lubbock, and they still have to go to Norman. And those are all hard places to play on the road, and uh, especially uh, Lubbock, Texas. Let's let's not understate how. You sound tough like Trace Trauco for crying out loud. Now. Hey, come on. The results he's not, speak he's not for themselves. Not that hard. The results speak for themselves. Uh, Texas Tech is an incredibly. Are you guaranteeing a loss policy. like Trace's and Lubbock? I don't guarantee anything. Very good. You know, Very good death taxes. Come on, that's it. <laughs> That's the right answer. Over in the Big 12. And what in the Big 12? Where Over. defenses go to die? <laughs> yeah. No. As soon as I saw this game, I was thinking to myself, like, this is a – like, we we belong in the Big 12 because the def- our defense is just letting Giddens absolutely carve it up. But well, and unfortunately, time, that whether, it's, whether you like it or not, that is part of the reason why the Big 12's reputation is not good in football. 
That, well, the, of the Pac-12 has the same problem. Well, uh, but they know, got good quarterbacks, though. Apart, too. That's a whole other question. Yeah, and yeah, the Pac-12 does not even exist after this year. But at least the Pac-12 has good quarterbacks. Like Drew, uh, Kyle's guy, Michael Penix, who's right now like the front runner for the Heisman. I don't know about the front runner, but he's definitely in the conversation. I just said, I just said you were you picked him there before the year. I, I did pick him before it was cool. That's true. But I, to your point, you're right. You're about you're right about this, Drew. This program has to win on the road. They have to learn how to win on the road. And one of the things you have to do to win on the road is play smart, play I, smart I, and clean. I think we need to. Be, I think we need to be careful with some other things too, because the road the road win stat is troubling when you look at it. There were also a lot of difficult games that also, on top of everything else, happened to be on the road. Like for the mystique of Nippert, I don't think is what it was when they went there to play the game. Uh, with no, the you're right. I mean, the head coach leaving, uh, Luke Fickle leaving. Yeah, oh, Fickle leaving matters, right? It's Suddenly still- the environment at, 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 at Nippert itself might become a little Fickle. You know. Oh. Uh, so with all that in mind, where we need to be careful with the road stat is, listen, Timmy McLean having his first start, I should say his second start. No, his first road start. That's what I mean to say. His first road start against a defending conference champion in a program's first power five conference game needs to be considered here. And and this is the problem with relying only on team level stats. There are other elements that make those things happen. Says but, but, Timmy look, McLean already has four road starts uh, under his belt. This is not, not the right, 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 right. We're treating you know that's not the same. He's played ranked competition. To Drew's point on this, in today's college football, it's hard to have a backup quarterback that has experience starting. Yes. That, that Timmy McLean has. I mean, this if, if this was 10, 20 years ago, it'd be different. But the fact, I mean, to Drew's point, I mean, Timmy McLean has played, heck, he played in the bounce house as a visitor. So he's played in tough places. He could play better. I think he'd be the first to tell you he could play better. I think he will. I think oh, he will. I, I think he would ask for himself, too. But I'm not yeah. here to say everybody who's going to crap on his performance, I think they're doing it wrong. Was the fourth quarter bad? Sure. Nobody's arguing. But the fact that there were two lead changes and you, uh, 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 where uh, where uh, Tommy McLean made some plays, the 50-50 ball thing, I, I'll say this, Drew, maybe the ball wasn't perfect, but to get it in a place where you know you you know you have your athletes to make a, make a play like we've been talking about for J- uh, Javon Baker and Kobe Hudson for the past two seasons, I'm not going to hold that against the guy to develop the kind of trust with them to get those plays to happen, man. I can't, you know, I can't fault the dude. Well, the thing is, you, you can't bank on him. That's what it comes down to. You can't bank on the 50-50 balls. You, 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 I, I think even Gus would agree you can't bank on bank on making that many third and longs convert, bud. You know what well, I'm saying? The, <laughs> well, this team's got to run the ball better than it did in the second half, right? I mean, they, we maybe they, they put too much – maybe there's too much in his shoulder in the second half. This team's going to have to – this team is going to win if they run the ball successfully. And if they didn't do that in the second half, you know, that's the thing we've learned. Like, well, they have the to good run the- thing is they're not. This may be the best rushing defense they play against all year. Oh yes, so, I think uh, Oklahoma is pretty good. They're pretty good, but Kansas State's was they're, they're best. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, I like this game was a rushing failure. I don't get that necessarily either. Now, Drew, I get your point about a few home run balls being the difference, but it's not like they were horrible at running the football. You know, well they weren't good. Um, you take again. R.J. Harvey, 14 for 39. That's not good. You know, Johnny Richardson was 6 for 76. 
but one of that was on a 48 yarder and one was on. And first of all, I love the fact that you're stealing taking out the long run away from our days at the student, the gay podcast where we did that together. I understand that. And it's a good stat for you to drop, but uh, at the same time, you got to take in account the wildcat snaps that are used in short yardage by Harvey. Granted, there were fewer of them tonight than there would be in other nights, I think. But uh, I, I think that action um, kind of ch- kind of changes his number to be better, to at least get over the three yards of carry that you would expect, right? And, you know, throwing in Townsend, you know, to, to get a few plays in there, I thought was a solid touch. And I think McLean's numbers are, are getting dragged down a touch too for being things that were runs that weren't designed runs, right? That's back to Jeff's favorite statement of the stupidest stat in college football, the stupidest stat rule of college football being that. So you're, you're looking a little too much into those numbers. For this defense being as vaunted as it was, UCF did an awful lot to keep themselves in the game for this long. While you are correct about the direct snaps, let me twist it around. Number of direct snaps in the game, let's see, three, four, uh, then you have the garbage one. So five direct snaps. That doesn't count. You have five direct snaps that he ran the ball. Right. Not not including the pass. Five that he ran. Oh, okay. Okay. So now you have nine rushes. Uh, When you're the starting running back, that's not enough. Uh, that's, well, that's how a, good that's a coaching question if he's only getting nine legitimate touches air quotes right well, that's also that kansas state had a very good rushing defense because again you know rj harvey was largely irrelevant in the running game they had some they had some drives with good field position too granted give give credit to the defense we've been bashing him all night we got a fourth straight game with a takeaway so there's that they had a short field based on that which could be could account for some of it um, there's fewer touches on drives where you have big plays like Johnny Richardson hitting that big play early. I mean, heck UCF was down the field almost immediately in two plays. Um, and then there was another short field drive, uh, started by Johnny Richardson as well. So there's aspects of that in there too, that, that account for the number of touches that are available on the table. I still agree with you. Maybe they should have used RJ Harvey more. Maybe the run defense was what swayed that, but, I'll put it this way until that third quarter where the bottom fell out and the defense made the mistakes that it made the, the structure and balance of the offense was still pretty good. Right. Uh, well, yeah, obviously once the, uh, once the, the bottom fell, it was pass, 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 right. uh, you know, passing, they, 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 they passed more often than they ran. I mean, that was, that was pretty obvious, but it's the fourth quarter that caused that. Yeah, it's you know, part, you know, for the most part, but it just shows how how tough the running game had. Uh, you know, we wondered on Thursday night how legit UCF's stats were going into the game uh, on offense versus Kansas State's, you know, stats on defense. You know, Kansas State was number three rushing defense going into this game. I, I obviously uh, turned out their stats were legit. Uh, they they their rushing defense was fantastic outside of those couple of of chunk plays, they were solid. We didn't give up anything more than, you know, like a, what, a 12 yard scamper by, by McLean at some point, uh, you know, it was just, they, they took it away and then they dare. And that, and part of that, I think is because Timmy McLean was playing the game. <clears throat> you know, if, if, if John Rice Plumley was there, they'd have to play a little more conservative because of his ability to, to create something out of nothing. He may not have been airing the ball as much, 
but I the, the guy has a knack for for like doing weird stuff. Yeah, you know, when when yeah, you know, unseemable loss was at, at your face. I don't know, so, man. Timmy McLean had some good escapes. Maybe maybe John Rice Plumley would have gotten out of some that he didn't. Maybe not. But I'm not as convinced that that running element, if they containing Timmy. Timmy McLean, the way that it did, I'm not sure. I don't know how effective John Rice Plumley would have been in this game compared to McLean, too. I'm, I'm I think it would have made different mistakes, though. Uh, you know, That's a good point. You know, McLean avoided a lot, but he always stayed behind the line of scrimmage. You know, uh, Plumley doesn't stay behind the line of scrimmage. He's no, a tuck he, and run guy. He, he gets you positive yardage, which helps you keep the running game going. You don't have to go, you know, do away from it. You have third and manageable versus third and twenty. And and you could speculate till the cows come home on on what yeah. the difference would be. All all we can deal with is you know what's in front of us. Right. Uh, and and you know, kind of geared towards next week's game against Baylor, which I hope that despite the loss, you know, going to three and one, that still has a very intense atmosphere as the first home game as oh, a yeah. member of the Big Twelve. Speaking of which, uh, Bryson, may, keep an eye on it. We should get the TV assignment soon. I, I have a bad feeling it's not going to be good. <laughs> For the uh, Baylor game, 3.30 kick. It's either FS1 or FS2. Both Baylor and UCF lost today, so we'll go with that. We will play some of Gus Malzahn's postgame presser a little bit later on this show, but I do want to bring up something he mentioned that I thought I want you both your reactions is he said he felt that this was anybody's game until the middle of the third quarter where he – on fourth and two, instead of going for it, they punted to pin him back. Kansas State went 85 yards, scored a touchdown. He felt that's where the game turned. Do you guys agree with that? Well, well when I say it, Drew mocks me. So, Well, it's because you picked a different play of when. No, <laughs> sir, it's during that drive that those two plays happened, you douche. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> but here, you, know, I, you could say the game started to turn. But the That's game what I'm was, No, you said, and I will pull up the line in our chat. That point, you said yes, the game it was, was over. over. It didn't get momentum back. I am right. Period. No, that point was not when the game was over. They Look shot themselves in the feet. foot later. They had chances until the first shots late in the fourth quarter to come plays. back That's and get into this game. You can talk over me all you want. You're still wrong. Period. Well, Kyle, you, you can think you're right, but you're wrong. Here's the, the thing: fast, the game is four quarters off. Is you yeah. running your mouth? If you are twenty, if you're down seven here, points, we you are one possession away from tying the game. So the game is obviously not over because you have one mistake, artificially one mistake for being right back in the this game. Because now it's However, a bit, and because Timmy McClain made a terrible mistake that led to a missed field goal, that is when the wind out of their set. I would make a joke about you here. That's cool and personal, but I don't. Oh, are we done now? Okay. Well, I mean, so, <laughs> so, let us know how much of that you got. So when you guys listen to the replay, just tune out Kyle because he actually didn't say anything there. And he <laughs> hates to admit that he's wrong. <laughs> to me. Bryson, let's stay for the record. This might I be the it. when you say stuff that's right. I agree. I got accused. So of according to you, Ohio State would have lost the game because oh, the game boy. was over. But guess what? That's not they the won same the game. at all, dummy. That is not the same. Right, okay, so let the record right. show this is the greatest night shift of all time. We no, the greatest one was where I dunked on you about Connecticut and women's basketball. Oh, but I thought it was when my wife was screaming. In the oh, that was a live show. That was the watch along stream. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
man. This is good. This has cheered me up. Look, Lonely Bumblebee really described it. We shot ourselves in every tilt. Oh, Gus no. can say that the, maybe the momentum turned with that drive. Maybe the Gus has a point that that's where the momentum turned Kansas yeah, State's way and didn't leave. But when UCF got out of the game once the mistakes happened. Let's go I with think- science here. When the scales start turning, it takes time before they completely fall. So, yeah, the momentum started to turn but it didn't completely fall until they started, you know, they missed that chance to at least cut that seven point deficit to four or less. Once that happened and then they started marching uphill, that was it. Then this is what I'll say. So you could stop being a hippie about it. All right. I, I, in my mind, UCF wasn't going to overcome that momentum change for the very reasons you yourself point out, sir. They're relying too much on deep balls. They're relying too much on converting long third downs. And now their game is truly going to be one-dimensional because there's not enough time to do anything else. And the only reason they even maintained maintained it any more than that and that Kansas State didn't get a chance to put up a damn 50-burger was because Johnny Richardson converted that third and 24. It could have been over right there. What got him, what kept him in the game was the two personal foul calls again, or, or the personal foul and the PI against Kansas State. Didn't that happen after the third and 24, though? That's my uh, point. It also happened in the fourth quarter. Okay. Next question. Uh, game the wasn't over. Third and 24 is the only reason you're even having the opportunity to bring those up. And you know what? Your fluke plays happen. Uh, how many fluke plays happened all game? You could have been a fluke to keep them in the game. Why can't you grasp that? It was a fluke that kept him in the game in the first quarter and the second quarter and the third quarter. That's a lot That's of flukes, Drew. You don't think very much of this team, do you? 50, well, let me ask you. Let me ask you. Let me ask you both. Either way. Let me ask you what Rodrigo uh, Campos just chimed in. He felt that Timmy chose not to run where there was opportunities to run. Do you think he, he should have run more where there are opportunities there? That was what uh, he said. There was some clear path. Thank you, Rodrigo, for kind of chiming I, I would in. Say just, I would be okay if he just threw the ball away. On those, uh, not necessarily take the ball and run because that may not be the natural thing for for someone to want to do. But don't take the twenty yard loss. Yeah, don't take I, the ten yard loss when you can avoid it. And no disrespect to Rodrigo, I don't see what those. I don't remember what those plays are immediately um, where there was a missed opportunity for a run. I don't feel like those were there. To Drew's credit, I'm not as high on 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 Kansas State's run defense as he is, but I will say the possibility for this being the best run defense they face in the regular season is certainly on the board. I'm with that. Uh, you've muted yourself, Eric. Yes, because I don't deserve – like, you two have been magnificent. I love you both. This you, is us this, on a yeah, – if the day ends uh, why, this is how Kyle and I interact. You two need to be on every show all the time together. It's just – I, I feel like – I mean, I see like, who? This I, is – no, no. <laughs> Kyle and my interaction is what you and Trey should be but aren't. Oh, they'll wow. never get to wow. that level. Oh, no, no. They need to, there needs to be venom. There needs to be angst. I mean, there needs that. You know, remember, drama changed the channel. You're, you're not wrong, dude, but they respect each other way too much. We don't have that. Yeah, I, I, I don't discriminate. I hate everybody. <laughs> See, you got, Eric, you got to embrace being the villain. I thought that's my role on Night Shift, the podcast. No, <laughs> no. I mean, apparently, I'm the villain, and I do a great job. <laughs> Leroy, dang, man. Right, uh, chicken. So, now, 
Uh, let me let me let me say. Well, hold on, Kyle. How much more time you got? Because I know you got to get going. Uh, get ready. You got to. All right. You got to write. You got to. So do you? Uh, do you need to go? Or you got? You want to? If if you want to go, I can just. We could just give you your last thoughts. Well, you, you. It sounds like you got a couple questions teed up. Let's get through those first. Uh, Elo. Okay. Go ahead, Bryce. You had a question there. You're gonna go in. Yes. So basically. I, w- I wanted to kind of go about this because I mentioned this on Knights of the Round Table, and I feel like that it needs it needed to be addressed because you mentioned Kansas State's rushing defense and how, you know, was it legit, and it was. Going into this game, I honestly thought that, th- that it was going to be uh, going to be legit. And so the, 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 the line of thinking that I thought going into this game was you need to rush the ball to the point where when you pass the ball, it's going to hurt a lot and you make them pay. UCF did that today a lot. They did that in the first half. Like you, you don't get those Kobe Hudson deep balls and th- th- those deep balls without you know r- rushing the ball enough to get them. Just but you, you know, got to run for four Kansas quarters State though. Offense. Yeah, but and, you got to run for four quarters. Kansas State. Yes, yeah, you got to do it for four quarters. That's what I mean. I, is is that if, if they took is Kansas State's passing defense got used to the pass at the end in that fourth quarter. They started passing the ball too much because they had they started doing it way too often. Well, the, during the, the first the, half is where they made the Kansas State Kansas State secondary pay, and they didn't do that in the four in the second half. Back me on, or uh, tell me if I'm wrong on this, Drew. But the the portion of the game you're citing where they started to expect the pass was because the time was what it was, and the lead was what it was at the time. Yeah. So to to listen, that's just good coaching. Give give KSU's cro- coaching staff some credit, man. Kansas State had a good game plan, and and I don't think there's too much to it to that. Well, they they were able to. It became very obvious that they they were able to neuter the running game, and so they were able to you know to start to play more against the pass. And I think that's what opened up that Richardson run in the fourth quarter. Yeah, uh, is I'm seriously they didn't see that coming. They didn't, uh, and and they were able to capitalize. And you know Johnny's small guy. You know that makes him sometimes a little bit difficult to catch in the open field. And that's what happened. Once he broke the open field, he's shifty. Forget about his biggest problem is he runs faster than his own legs. <laughs> I happen go back and look. It happens all the time where he will just he gets a little bit ahead of himself and falls face first in the ground. No, we didn't happen at that time. Yeah, we we've seen it. He had enough big plays tonight that I didn't feel like we had to beat him over the head with that tonight. But, uh, but and I think another element, real quick, Drew. Then I'll hand it right back. Um, it, it was also. Kansas State ability to control the ball with the run themselves. You got a 200-yard rusher. You give up the ball, you don't know when you're getting it back. Go ahead, Drew. Well, you know, if you look back at so so uh, Bryson calls it Knights of the Round Table, and all I started thinking is uh, that the the musical piece from uh, Monty Python and the Hole of Knights of the Round Table. I thought of that too. King but, of the Sun ladies and gentlemen. Moving on. But uh, you know, when you look at you know especially question number four on our round table of what's the outlook on the defense for its first major road test of the season. And, uh, you know, you look at it, I know Bryson kind of mentions, you know, uh, I, I mentioned it that you, you had, you had to almost caveat based on who's playing. You know, my, my score projection was based on Will Howard not playing. Uh, yes, the fact yeah, that he did about that. really changed it. And, and I even wrote it then it was, you know, provided that uh you know that changed everything and as as we've already established uh you know look at michigan they don't even give you any sort of injury information at all uh you know jim harbaugh is notorious for that 
so you know unlike in the pros where you have a little bit of of information uh, this was a, a truly a game time decision as far as will howard played and you had to you had a plan for two different guys and that also can cause a problem That's, you know we've seen that we've seen uh, gus Malzahn do that uh, at times well it sounded to me too like the coaching staff lied to the broadcasters because they kept saying now we're gonna see avery johnson we're gonna see i, I don't think we ever did well and then they kind of they kind of like used it to Oh, oh, well, we're probably supposed to see him, but because of how good Giddens was doing, we're not going to. I mean, the truth was. He's got a magic Goku pin in here. I have to bring him Since we brought it up, I owe this to Kyle because he's been holding back on the broadcasters. Go ahead, Kyle. Oh, my God. I've seen Dog Stool that has more talent than these guys. Holy Gar I tell you, Devin Gardner deserves a Razzie for the worst broadcaster of the year Whoa! as a broadcaster yeah you can tell these guys are broadcasting from a uh, from a studio oh that's a great one oh and then you see flag oh wait there's a flag uh you know that part i'm not gonna put on him like, oh no i put it exi- i put it on them because they're stuck in their circumstance there's nothing they can do uh you know so then and, why are you blaming the broadcasters and not the network itself then? Because it oh, work for them. Uh, you know, remember, the figurehead always gets the blame. The quarterback well, not, always gets the blame. It doesn't matter if the quarterback didn't lose that, the game. Like, see, here's the thing. They did an actual bad job, and you're giving people an opportunity to sympathize with them as 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 uh, attorney Bryson Turner here just defended them marvelous, marvelously. The other part is, listen, they got dad jokes that more are more than you and I could even account for the three of uh, the two of us having three children combined. And they're not good dad jokes either. Like I don't have any kids with you. Um, you should be so lucky. <laughs> Anyways, has no one seen junior? Is that the sequel drew? Anyways? No, but uh, well, I mean, you are, uh, you are the tall Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, I, I am the shorter guy. I'm, you know, I'm, Five nine, you're six foot, ten thousand. Uh, bad news for you. Anyways, no. You know what the broadcast feels like because they're in the studio and they're doing this from the studio. It's like we're experiencing the game through a watch along stream when we really I, shouldn't be. Here's exactly. the other thing, and they're so trying to you know watch. it's a studio yeah. because you can see the outlines of the TV screens behind them. Why don't you just get one freaking giant monitor to cover it so it makes it look like a real field? We'll get one giant monitor. I shall nah, call nah, it. Nah, a remote nah. broad as as somebody who's called a remote broadcast. It does not help. That being said, that doesn't uh, it doesn't excuse some of the commentary that we heard. Like for example, That's comparing good. Timmy McLean to Michael Vick. <laughs> More than once. I think one of them did that. The other one tried to walk it back. Yeah, it's no, called no. Devin Gardner, the soon-to-be winner of the Razzie. There was a double down, Bryson Turner. That is the point. Yeah, that that was uh, Devin Gardner, who is definitely again Razzie for 2023-2024. You can't blame that on the remote broadcast. We're saying that Jimmy McLean has got a little Michael Vick because he's lefty and he's black. Okay, no. <laughs> but with all that in mind. Let's give our host, who is performing well in light of having to deal with wild cards like me and Drew, a happy belated birthday on the show, by the way. But um, sorry, UCF football just gave you a big, you know, not empty gift. Well, Grayson, but um, <laughs> a lump of coal. 
Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Happy, Drew. Thank you. Happy I, had to, I had to watch my language there for a moment. How, how is it how is it that how is it that the the uh the person who doesn't celebrate knows about the lump of coal? What are we doing here? Because it's all about Chris Mahana Kwanzaa. Well, good job, my man. Moving um, on. Will be interesting, by the way, next week. And this is where Bryce and I have been arguing while you two have been arguing. What I'm waiting on is to dis- the announcement of whether the Baylor game is FS1 or FS2. On Monday, we're going to find out where the UCF Kansas game will be broadcasted. Some good news potentially there. Baseball playoffs start that Saturday. The divisional round starts that weekend. Most of that is going to be on FS1. So the belief is most of the FS1 uh, blocks will be taken by baseball. So maybe, just maybe, we will not be on FS1. We might actually have a local, we might actually have a broadcast crew at the UCF game. You know, that might be the most grateful I've been for baseball in some time. Thank you, everyone. I, the issue, though, that I'm seeing with that is that ba- is that according to a press release that we a press release that we saw from a little mm-hmm. back, it said that the game was going to be on either FS1 or correct. FS2. And they're going to make this decision momentarily. Now they might be sleeping on it because I would be sleeping too after watching that game. So I mean, maybe they'll decide tomorrow, but it's going to be decided. It's whether or not that was FSU Clemson. Ooh, doggies, let me tell you. Well, so you got the three and one UCF Knights hosting the one and three Baylor Bears, or the two and two Houston Cougars going to the one and three Texas Tech Red Raiders. I I could argue that Texas or excuse me, that Houston is the worst game. <laughs> I, I it's a flip of a coin. Let me put it to that way. Uh, maybe that's why they're taking their time figuring that out. But, but I the think the problem is I the th- viewership numbers for either of these games are gonna be terrible. Oh, it's bad. It'll be bad and if it, if the UCF Baylor games on FS2, that might be the lowest viewed UCF football game on television in a long, maybe among the worst ever. But we'll get to that this well, week. Well, that we can substantiate. I mean, we don't Correct. know how bad those CBS. Well, we had, well it's funny you mentioned that, Drew. If you go to blackandgoldbanneret.com, there's a UCF section devoted to all the history of UCF football games, television numbers throughout, including the lowest viewed UCF broadcast to note. UCF when they beat FIU in 2016 on the BN Sports Network. Wow, there's a throwback for you, folks. Huh? That's, yeah, like, that's why we keep that stuff. Goodness gracious, uh, so, so, um, let's be optimistic. We're hopeful that Kansas will get an ESPN or Fox slot, especially <clears> the way <throat> Kansas is playing. You know, we'll see. But I mean, we'll they have, they have a good quarterback that helps. Um, UCF's three and one. They're not bad. You know, just correct. I mean, remember, and also remember, Kansas State was a 61-yard field goal from from being undefeated. I, I, well, well, they were going to gone overtime. They would have gone overtime. And then, and then a team that beat them is still, in fact, undefeated. As hard as that is to believe. Yeah, they'll they'll be ranked most likely after uh, after you know Kansas State will be ranked going into next week. They were just on the outside looking in uh, after Colorado. Uh, absolutely got you know humiliated off the field. You can kiss them goodbye from the realm to the top twenty five. Yeah, Kansas State's gonna. Yeah, but Bo nixed them. I see what you did there, Drew. Yeah, I know. Dan Lanning's a big. He's a big tough guy talking smack about Colorado. Hey, go beat somebody real good for a change, Dan Lanning. How about that? How did he talk smack? See, I don't get this. Oh, he was talking smack the whole time. Hey, I hope everybody that's watching Colorado State watches. Dude, no, go enjoy being 7-5 and five and getting whacked by Ohio State and Michigan next year, all right? He's trying Come to on. fire up his team, Eric. I For mean- Colorado, who is like – like a, you have way more material than Colorado. You should not be trash-talking to Colorado. You should be trash-talking to actual good teams. Like everybody knows that Colorado is a mirage. 
I don't she, think anybody was surprised. Hey, one team she, plays for clicks, the other one plays for wins. Oh, Bingo, tell them. To, no, yeah. I, see, I, I can't. I can't. I can't condone your condemning that, sir, because there's another AD who you might know. His name's Danny White. That did similar activity, and I didn't agree with it either. Well, it still worked, is the point, though, Eric Lopez. It's a sum. Uh, Quick question on the broadcasting. And Rodrigo Campos asked, it seems like our broadcasting and visibility is worse in the Big 12 than it was in the American, or is that way? No, that's fair so far. So far, that is fair to say from that standpoint, because you now – now, how much of that is we can Villanova tell you why, and too. Kent State, right? Let, let, let's be clear. How much of that is Villanova and Kent State? A, well, B, I can at least find these games. I had trouble finding some of the games in the American. Uh, I, I never had trouble finding games in the American at all because they're all on some sort of ESPN, ESPN broadcast. Well, the other thing, too, is linear or ESPN well, Plus. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. And, Eric, you'll, you'll corroborate this. Yeah. Uh, UCF gone, is going from – Big fish in the small pond to small fish in an ocean. Uh, you know they yeah. they're they're not the, the big draw of the conference. In fact, they're no. they're bottom end. And BYU is a bigger draw. Right. Oh, yeah. BYU is huge. And people don't yeah. realize how big their fan base is. Their their potential yeah. numbers are huge. I'll admit it. I don't realize it. Uh, I mean, <laughs> they're they're the school of, of the Mormon Church, and and their reach is is humongous. So they just have to make people want to watch college football. Uh, yeah. Well, and I think Drew, you made a good point on the Slack the other day. There was some news, television news that <clears throat> will impact the Big Twelve, which is. Uh, WWE SmackDown show is leaving Fox. That that's a show that airs on Friday nights on Fox. And that Next happens. Year, that's going to leave twenty twenty four. Right, they're going to go to USA Network. And 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 Brett Yormark's even commented about this on Media Day. Look for the Big Twelve once the new TV deal kicks in next year. Big Twelve is going to have a lot more Thursday Friday night games, and that's where I think you're you know UCF benefited from that from the American. They played a lot of Thursday Friday night games. They usually would get the best American TV slots, whereas the Big 12 so far, they've been obviously pushed back. So I and think you the have big- requirements. You have requirements yes. uh, as part of your contracts for a minimum number of games on certain channels. So UCF was very attractive to fill those slots. Yes. Uh, when you have you know, Texas's, Oklahoma's, Kansas State's, TCU's, UCF just falls down. And, and you, know, you look at the numbers now. They're not good. Uh, and, you know, UCF doesn't isn't you know we're, we're kind of being you know, UCF's being exposed here a little bit of of not being as big as they thought they were Hold as on. far as on the television. No, well, to Drew, I'm going to back I'm going to defend Drew on this because we've complained about the TV slots they've gotten. For example, the FS1 uh, 7 p.m. slot against Boise, Nebraska just had that same time slot last week and drew over 700,000 viewers for that game compared to UCF Boise only 300. To Drew's point, I know people hate on the Big Ten, but one thing Big Ten does is no matter what channel they're on, eyeballs come. The Michigan game that was oh, on yeah. Big Ten Network drew a big number, outdrew the NBC game. I'm like, not there are compete. certain brands that And play. here's the other thing. Here, here's- I'm not trying to compete with the Big Ten. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is taking Villanova and Kansas No, that doesn't State, help. You're right, Kyle. You're right. Well, well I remember. Think it's just as big a factor. If, if the number we're seeing – for that is the same as Norman in playing Oklahoma or anything, you know, any of the bigger name uh, Big 12 schools that are on the docket, I will share in your concern. Here, well, that's not going to happen. I mean, Oklahoma, the they, they're going to get a good TV slot and they'll get a big number for that. Game. Yeah, here's the other thing that people don't realize, you know, there are a lot of complaints about FS1. 
Do you know that FS1 is available on more TVs than ESPN? Yes, uh, yes, correct. I think a lot. You're right. A lot of people don't know that. A lot of people don't know that. The problem is not the easiest channel to find. Not the easiest channel to find, but it's there. Boy, it is there. If you look for it, you can find it. The problem is, is the casuals. You don't find the casuals. That's my point. There. Yeah, the lazy yeah, ones, yeah. not the casuals, the lazies. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, but, you, you do. You give Big Ten the Big Ten one thing. They the way their TV deal is structured, they are they are really going for the casual viewer. And I got to imagine that the ACC doing that deal with the CW does does a similar thing as well. <laughs> well, well I, when you got to lead in like One Tree Hill, you know, you know, <laughs> you know, how can, you know. following the ACC championship is the Gilmore Girls. Oh, good God. Hey, Chad, Michael Murray's got a new show on CW. Um, but the truth is, you know, you, you add on. To- <laughs> <laughs> Just like a Jan Michael Murray reference. I think I'm done. Uh- <laughs> That's, yes, in fairness, let's let Kyle go. The poor guy has a, an article to finish writing, and he's driving to Jack. Who are the Jacks playing? They are hosting the Houston Texans. To try to take- oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. I thought you said this could be a good football game. Well, no, Elo said that. I'm just yeah, Eric. I'm just oh, wait a minute. He got C.J. Stroud, Drew, your boy, C.J. Stroud. Kyle I am curious to watch C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson play in person, and hopefully, listen, maybe we'll actually see the Jags score a touchdown for the first time there at Everbank Stadium this season. That would might be a little bit fun. So um, we, what we're seeing is we're going to see a six-three game by the time this is done. Wow! Despite that, please follow Kyle's coverage of the Jaguars. It'll be—it's going to be worth it, regardless of what Drew says. At the very least, it'll be fun. Exactly. Make sure you check it out on the Jaguar Report of SI, also on the three-point conversion. And what do you got us for working on Banneret there, Kyle? Yeah, well, I do. I am still working on night class, and I have most of it going here. Probably going to try to drop that tonight or early tomorrow morning depending on how things going probably late tonight because i don't want to wake up extra early to finish it and uh, mm. <laughs> and uh, so look out for night class upcoming and listen hopefully my throat will be well enough and i can actually appear at a damn presser uh this week to see about uh gus malzahn's comments uh further about the post game uh, about this past game against kansas state and heading into the home debut at the big uh, for the Big Twelve Conference hosting Baylor should be a big old fat hairy deal, hundred percent, gentlemen. Wait, wait, go ahead. Go ahead. We we appreciate you your contributions on the show. Absolutely, gentlemen. An honor, joy, and privilege. But until next time, fellas, class dismissed. Yeah, I have to I have to mention as Kyle hangs <laughs> up uh, that when he mentioned the clearing in my throat, all I can hear was "Let me clear my throat." Now, 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 now. That's all I can think of. Oh, okay. I wonder if that's stuck in my head now. First, Drew, go to detention, and now class dismissed. I live in the principal's office. Uh, I feel like that's not the first. Yes, I understand. Uh, well, of course, in, in reality, uh, I, I've had to make a few trips to the principal's office for my daughter. So, <laughs> oh, wow, okay. Right. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, actually, it's kind of a factual statement. Rodrigo Campos says, if we ever have a game on FS2, it's because it's not available on YouTube TV. Uh, is, that, is that true right there? Uh, that is actually, as somebody who just had YouTube, YouTube, I just had YouTube TV for a free trial. He's right, actually. I, there is no FS2, so good luck! Good luck! Um, but hey! Yeah, go, you know. go, find, go find an IPTV stream. What certainly I think helped in this one, I was, you have no, no idea how happy I was because that my family was actually up in Gainesville for the Florida game this week because I was actually able to watch 
both the UCF football game on one TV and then the UCF soccer game earlier today on uh, uh, that happened during the first half on the other because you can't uh, you can multi because I can you can multicast with the ESPN app on Apple TV and so when UCF was in the American and all of it was on ESPN you can do the multicast thing no matter what but now with some of the Fox games on there you can't do that anymore. So right, up nobody, with- nobody cares. We're, 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 you know, the TV viewing ship is what it is. Uh, we don't know, by the way, to answer uh, John Rice Fleming. We're not going to know what his status is unless until Gus tells us, if he even tells us. For all we know, could be a surprise. But I think the expectation, Drew, is that he's going to miss a few games. It's not like he's yeah. going to come back next, right? I mean, I it does. You know, we think it's going to be a, few, a multiple game. I think it's going to be the Oklahoma game because you you basically played half the season. You got the bye week. Yeah. So I think that's the day they're circling and aiming for. If it happens to come before that, I'll be pleasantly surprised. Uh, but I don't expect him available for, for Kansas or anything like that. Uh, we got people saying that they do have uh, FS2 on YouTube TV. So you might have it. It depends also on the package you have as well. That might play a factor in some of your yeah. decisions. I have FS2. I will have to DVR it to re- remind myself because it's a hard channel to remember. because Nobody nobody goes there, but hmm. it is what it is. Uh all right, Drew. So let, let's ask you this: what What do you want to? What What are you now? You're going to be at the game for the Baylor game. Mm-hmm. What do you want to see next Saturday? Uh, I want to see uh, you know less sucking. <laughs> no, what I what I want to see is is progression. Uh, you know, make up issues that caught co- that were caused here. So you know, get a do over. You know, I want to see. Less 50-50 balls thrown by by Tim McLean. Stop trying to always look for the home run hit. You know, just get on base. Just you know, get a first down. Uh, you know, get get some you know small yardage, but just make it positive. Throw the ball away. Don't take a sack. Be more aware of your surroundings. Don't run out of bounds because you're looking too far downfield, not realizing where you are. Uh, I want to see the team be able to to reestablish the run after really it being neutered for the most part. Uh, I want to see the defense with uh, find a way to, to perform outside containment, which I knew was going to be an issue coming in, and it's been dogging them all year. And, and we have to see uh, guys starting to get healthy. Ricky Barber being on a snap count really hurt. So we need to see uh, players come back and, and be able to to start contributing again. Uh, you know, this is an opportunity. You know, Baylor's not very good. Uh, but you you can't you can't just rest on your laurels. Uh, you know they need to reestablish a positive momentum because you know then you you've got more games coming up. You've you've got you know you know Kansas and then you've got you know you have a bye week and then you got Oklahoma. So you, you need to reestablish positive momentum. That Kansas game that's gonna be tough. That's gonna be real tough. It's you know it's a it's a road game against a pretty talented team that when healthy can score on anybody. So well coach uh, team to, too. Like they're oh, gonna be right. ready. Let's be now the know. good you know, the good news UCF has Kansas plays Texas the week before. So you're you're hoping from a UCF perspective that maybe that Kansas spends a ton of you know, that gets beat up by Texas physically, regardless of how the game turns out, to where maybe they come in a little limping, you know, a little bit going into the UCF game, maybe have a bit of a letdown. Right. And yeah. and you, you look at how Kansas did against BYU, they obviously avoided the trap. You know, yeah. of overlooking them and looking towards Texas. So, uh, but uh, you know, let's be honest. Uh, granted, a lot of fans don't know who Lance Leipold is, but he is a future Hall of Fame coach. I mean, he's a lock, 
Hall of Famer. People don't you know realize this guy's. He's not making this up, folks. This is a legitimate. He's not. This is not a farcical uh, comment. This is an actual no. comment. He's, he's going you to. Know, he's a, he's the most successful coach you probably never heard but, of. And he's done a magnificent. And we'll get to Kansas in a couple of weeks. But he's done a magnificent job at Kansas. The fact that he's made them respectable to the point where hey, we think they could be a top half Big Twelve football program. Uh, the way they could be, they could be a top four team this year, top five. Who knows? That's a credit to him. So we'll get to more of that for the Kansas game. Uh, oh yeah, and- well we got plenty of time. That right now it's onward and upward, looking towards. Well, and I'll Baylor. say this: the Baylor game is interesting because Baylor has had a miserable start to the year, but they haven't. Dave Aranda is a te- is a smart defensive coach. I mean, Baylor won the Big Twelve a couple years ago. I'm my concern will be Drew. What tricks does Dave Aranda have defensively to try to fool? Timmy McLean and UCF. Well, I, I don't, I don't know if these guys have the horses. Uh, this is they not. They not. This is not a good team. You know, they, they, they. You know, had a losing record last year. Uh, you know, in 2021 they were great. So I mean, it's been a downward trajectory. Uh, and and this year it's just it's not been not been clean. You know, uh, the loss against Texas Tech it was just absolutely like unbelievable. Uh, but the thing is, you know, they they got a tune-up game this weekend. Uh, or, or I'm sorry, they uh, they got tuned up by Texas. Yeah, they got tuned up. I'm talking about Texas last State. weekend. It was the beat beat Baylor. Uh, Utah beat Baylor, so uh, they beat uh, they beat some FCS school, I think. For their yeah, they they played L- uh, LIU Long Island. That's what it was. Woo. Uh, and and of course, they're they're gonna they're gonna win that game. Yeah, that, that's pretty much a game. But uh, you know what? The fact that they got rocked by Texas, you know, may, as you said with Kansas, may play into UCF's hands. Uh, this is a team that's down. You know, kick them while they're down. Step on their throat. And, you know, just, you know, take out the aggression of the things that didn't work last week. And, and be like, you know, be play angry. Play with a chip on your shoulder. That's pay was a fire. Pay was passion. Just well, you know, that's and, how you have a... always worked. They've always been better off when they played angry. Yeah. Baylor, I will say, I'm looking at their stats. They are they they did come in to this week 19th in or they're one one and three 19th in the nation in passing yards allowed. Rushing defense 105th. They've struggled. Oh. No, they have Dave Aranda and Baylor has struggled immensely. I'll be, it'll be Yeah, they're not it. very good. But this is a look, it's an historic home game. Big 12. To me, I actually think UCF playing in the Big 12 will will hit now. We'll start to hit next week. I it's weird when you're on the road and you're watching the game on TV. Yeah, it's Big 12, but when you're next week. I think watching that game, watching the logos on campus, I think it'll hit home that you're Big 12. I think it's going to be a great crowd. I think it'll be a loud crowd. I do think UCF needs to get off to a good start, Drew, because if they don't, if they struggle, I could see the crowd getting a little restless and a little, like, uh, murmur a little bit, get negative at times. Uh, I mean, we we have seen, you yeah. know, guys get booed off the field before. Not It's not unprecedented. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Though I don't, I, think, I don't. So I think the start of the game is going to be important. Well, I, and you know, UCF usually starts off pretty well. Yes, uh, yes. Know, the fact that uh, you know, only put uh, three points on early in this game was a little bit of a surprise. Uh, but that um, UCF is a is is good, you know, because usually like the first fifteen plays are like scripted. You know, they're they're good at the scripted portion. It's when things become unscripted that things kind of start getting a little wonky. 
but I, I think I think UCF's going to come out swinging. Uh, they're going to test Baylor and and just see what they bring. And but they're going to reestablish the run. That's what I, I think they're going to they're going to go back to that. They knew Kansas State had the run defense. Uh, Baylor does not, so they're going to go back to that and take pressure off Timmy McLean and allow him just to be. Interesting. All right, no, uh, I was grabbing the. Do you want to hear Gut? What Gus had to say, Drew? Uh, yeah, let's let's hear it. All right, let's let me lo- let me load up Gus and uh, hear what he had to say following UCF's loss to Kansas State. I mean, they rushed for 200, 281 yards, and we rushed for one forty three, and that was probably the uh, the, the biggest thing uh, you know that stands out to me. Um, they were nine of fifteen on third downs. Uh, I think they only punted once. Really disappointing the penalties too in that drive that it was on the eighty five yard drive. We had them. We were getting off the field. I guess it was third and six. We had a late hit or something, and then we had a hands to the face, 30 yards worth of penalties. So bottom line, um, you know, it, it, this shows us where we're at. Uh, we're going to play really good. we got to play discipline. We didn't do the things that it takes to uh, get a quality win against a, a really good opponent on our home field. Um, we got to go back. we got to clean the things up. I still think we got a really good football team. Uh, we just got to do things better and, you know, our quarterback – uh, that was his first rodeo in this kind of environment. You know, there's a couple things that he'd like to have back that I think that uh, he'll improve on. But he did make some plays in the past game. We needed some of the big plays, and and uh, and he made some of those. But like I said, overall, um, we just didn't do what it takes to to win against a quality opponent on the road. Questions? You just talked about your quarterback making plays. He made a big one towards the end of the first half. What was the feeling at halftime after that flea flicker? And obviously yeah. we're going to be in good position getting yeah, the ball. Yeah, we, we, we felt pretty good. And then, you know, went down. I guess we scored uh, coming out of halftime or whatever to take the lead. And so we felt like we had some momentum. Um, but give them credit. I mean, they lined up. We had trouble stopping them. I mean, they, uh, second half, I think they scored on every one of their possessions. And, uh, you know, so it was tough. And then we had a three and out. And, you know, we got down there on the 30-yard line on first and 10, had a double move called. They bailed out, and then we scrambled around and took a, took a sack, and the next time we just got to throw it away. Yes, how much how much did you talk about this week about preparing for the environment, you know, using crowd noise maybe to kind of help you guys out? How much was that a factor in the second half? You guys had a couple of delay games, with, and Timmy at times was yeah, like just kind of Yeah, there, there was one of those times we didn't get to play in fast enough. Right? It wasn't on him. We got to get to play in faster, and then we had some checks, and – Things like that, and that that wasn't good, um, you know. But yeah, that was that was on us as coaches. What's the most frustrating part about the penalties? The lack of discipline. Well, I mean, that's coaching. That's my responsibility. Um, you know, we we have ten penalties. Uh, obviously, I've got to do a better job, and, and we will. We'll. we'll uh, there's quite a few things that we'll correct, um, and uh, we'll start on. We'll get back. You use the term measuring stick. First Big 12 game, what did you take away with your team and where they need to be? Yeah, uh, we did some good things. Uh, we just didn't do what it took to, to win. Um, you know, we've got to grow up. I mean, you know, that was our second start for our quarterback. Uh, we started a new center. Um, I thought for the most part they did, both those guys did some good things. We had a couple of our top guys that weren't able to play, but I really think we got a good team, and I know we'll improve. Um, you know, i got to believe that's one of the best, if not the best, team in our league or, you know, one of them. And uh, we played tough environment. We knew we were going to play well. Now, we did expect to play well. And uh, we expect to come in here and, and, and win. And I give them credit. They're a really good team. They're really well coached. What do you think your guys learned tonight? 
that we got to play better and we, we got to be more disciplined. And, you know, it, it all works together. I mean, you know, we, we need to coach better too. I mean, it's, it's all of the above. And, you know, when you play a quality opponent like that, you know exactly where you're at. And everything gets exposed, which is really good moving forward. Now you know. And there's not any questions, oh, yeah, we're really good in this area or we're not as good. No, we know. So the good thing is um, we know what to work on. And, uh, you know, the goal is getting better. And I really believe we will. Morning, Timmy. He had some big moments but also had some moments of decision-making. Yeah, and, and I think all those are correctable. I really do. I mean, you know, they're, they're all correctable things. And, you know, it's very important to him. Uh, like I said, he did some really good things, too. And every time he goes out there, you know, he'll he'll do better. Defensively, what did you think? I mean, you could, like you mentioned earlier, you guys couldn't really stop them in the running game. They really were able to kind of run, run those on almost like little defense. Yeah, yeah, that surprised me. Um, I thought we'd do a better job stopping the run, uh, giving them credit. I mean, the running back rushed for, what, 207 yards? Yeah, I mean, we, we didn't stop them. Uh, we got we got some things we got to correct in, in a run defense, and, and we will. Did you think about their quarterback, Will Howard? And there was some question whether he would play or not, but he obviously did. Yeah, he ran pretty good, too. Yeah. I mean, he ran good. I mean, he, he's a real guy. He's a real quarterback. Really good player. What are you most disappointed after a game like this? Uh, just the fact that, you know, we, we, were, we had an opportunity. I really felt like early third quarter, middle third quarter, and uh, we didn't do the things it takes to, to win. You know, in an environment like this against a team. But, you know, this was the first conference game, first losses. He had a lot of football left. And I really believe we got a good team. Matter of fact, I know we do. And uh, we'll rebound. We'll rebound. And this will be a good growing, be a really good growing moment for our team and our coaches, too. Because, like I said earlier, now we know. Now we know where we're at. Kobe Hudson had, I'm sorry, Kobe Hudson had another big performance tonight. Does that continue to hit his growth of the yeah. practices and everything? Yeah, like we talked about last week, it didn't surprise me at all that he played well. You mentioned the changes along the offensive line. How do you think those turned out? Yeah, we had a new starter at right tackle, new center. Um, you know, we're, we we got to get to a point where we have the same five. I think we're getting closer. Um, there were some good things. I think we had a couple holding penalties, a couple key holding penalties and big moments. There was one that we had the ball about the 50-yard line. It was like a third down and 13, and we got a hold uh, back on our 10-yard line. But anyway, um, we just need to get uh, get our five and start growing together. But, you know, like I said, we got to run the ball better. You know, like I said, I'm, you know, look at the stats, and 281 to 143, that doesn't set real well with me. So uh, we'll work on that too. We talked about first impressions. What kind of a first impression do you think you guys left for everybody else in the room? I don't know. I mean, you'd probably know that better than me. I mean, we're disappointed we got beat. Uh, we didn't do good enough to, to win the game. Because your your defensive front didn't get much pressure early on. Uh, is, is there some? Is that just a system on what the blocking schemes? You know, or I, I don't know. I mean, they got a good offensive line, okay, right. but they were able to run the football. Anytime you're able to run the football, that takes away some of your aggressiveness. I think that probably had something to do with it. Um, you know, we, we didn't we didn't hit the guy very many times. All right, that was uh, Gus Malzahn on the post game. Uh, first of all, thank you to Brandon Helweg of UCFSports.com, who is in Manhattan. That was courtesy of him and his video. He's that's why he's one of the best. Twenty, he's done this now, covering UCF for now twenty three years. So uh, special thanks to him for the video. 
Uh, I know we got a lot of fans, too, on the UCSports.com dungeon listening right now to the show. As well, thanks to him. Also, thanks to Trace Choco, Matt Merchelle, and then Darren Strophus from WESH. They're the made the trip to Manhattan, Kansas. They were the ones that were asking Gus the questions there on the postgame. So I wanted to make sure to give proper credit for that because I want to make sure the audience was able to listen to what Gus had to say. Which, And, and I'll say this, Drew. I want your reaction to what he had to say. But the thing I appreciate about Gus, he'll take it on him as well. He's not one that's going to – like he'll say pretty much blunt, hey, we didn't do a good job. If executing as a players and that's on us too as coaches he will he will take it on him he's not other coaches like to always say well we got to do this better and they're better he's not he's not he's one that'll take it on the chin and if he has if he feels that way i always appreciate that from coach gus what's what uh, what's your takeaway from what he had to say well i mean the first thing that came to mind is now i know and knowing is half the battle gi joe oh uh, that that was by far the first thing that 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 came to my mind which probably not what anyone else was really thinking at that point. Uh, here, here's the truth. You know, you win as a team, you lose as a team, but you know, a good leader when things are going well, gives everyone else the credit. And when things go wrong, they take the blame. And, and Gus Malzahn is a good leader. He knows that in the end, the buck stops with him. Things didn't go well. Well, you know, I, I'm responsible. This is my team. Uh, you know, I, I appreciate that honesty and and that, you know, being cognizant of, of, you know, the morale of your team. You know, obviously morale goes down after a loss. So one of the ways to help with that is to eat the loss. You know, take take responsibility. Uh, you know, these are still kids. You know, they're they're young and and, you know it's easy for them to to get caught up in the wrong things as far as on the morale situation. So you don't want you don't want that to get too far into things. You still want to analyze what happened and there'll be film review and everything, but you have to shed the loss really quickly because then you're on to the next game. So I, I think that's one way of doing it is by you know taking the loss more on himself so that the players don't let it eat them. Talked about the discipline. We've talked. I mean, we said a lot of the stuff he said. Got to clean up some things. Can't make some of the mistakes they did. I was. What did you think of his comments about starting the new center and the line and trying to? He wants it to gel. And we had a comment in the chat, ironically, right before we played the Gus comments about talking about how Kansas State's offensive line has jet their their experience to playing together, whereas well, UCF's still trying to figure out the line there. Give me. You know, that I, was interesting. Yeah, they, each of the last few years, they, it's been patchwork. Um, yeah. There has not been consistency along the offensive line, and you're going to have problems. Uh, I don't think the offensive line actually did all that bad. Um, they did, they did. You know, uh, Tylen Grable just—he probably was really the only one that got absolutely chewed alive, and he—he he was the cause of a number of losses and and hits and, and quarterback sacks and stuff. Uh, he, he just was just absolutely terrible. But I thought the rest of the offensive line was actually serviceable. Uh, they were able to give uh, Tim McClain time on a number of occasions, and he was able to do something. Uh, was able to stay, you know, standing in the pocket, make a play. Uh, it was on the other side of the ball that that was completely one side. And he even talked about about the lack of explosiveness because of how good the running game for Kansas State was doing. Uh, they, they just couldn't quite get it together at all and, and couldn't really cause any disruption. They couldn't disrupt the running game. They couldn't disrupt the passing game. I think even though there were starter changes on the offensive line, I think the defensive line's lack of production was more concerning 
because you would think this team with this talent would have done better and should have done better. Right. Agreed. No, well said. No, yeah. I think um, yeah, because be honest, because I think a lot of the, the the things that led this team to lose were those mistakes. And I think that, and like Gus said, I mean, those are things that are very, while it does make you very angry that these things could, shouldn't, it should have been avoided, but they it happened anyway. The, uh, the flip side, the glass half full perspective of this is they are very easy to point out and say, this is what we have to improve on. What the things like avoiding delay of game penalties, not, you know, get, take, making sure we don't do those, you know, uh, roughing the passer or those specific holding penalties that really shouldn't, shouldn't have been called those very costly penalties that just change the the way a drive goes it changes the direction of a drive entirely avoiding those types of penalties are really what can help you win ball games or keep you it's hard though with especially holding calls because there's holding on every play the question is do you get caught well and the and the other problem is i mean i watched a lot of college football today and i've said this college football and chris fowler even made this comment it's a sloppy product right now across the board like it's it's kind of great. It's a mess because everybody's going high spread. You're trying to juggle these rosters. You got dealing with you know what to fit. I mean, it's never crystal clear. It's never going to be clean. You just hope it's not you know a big mess. So you're always going to have some mistakes. I think the big thing though, as Gus is pointing to, don't make mistakes that beat you. The the, the game has changed fundamentally. It's the talent pool is shrinking. And I think it's going to continue to as we get more information of how damaging the game of football is to to people's bodies. And, and with you know, you're going to see with that talent, with the spread uh, of, of talent of what's left, it's just like spraying butter on toast. You know, you, you get it in one area, obviously it stacks up, but as you spread it more on toast, it's going to start to level out. You're not going to have as much, so you're going to have. Uh, more sloppiness because you basically have guys who may have ended up being second stringers as starters. And, and, and that's going to, you know, that's across the board, every position, everywhere. And I don't think it's going to get any better. I think it's actually progressively get worse as more and more information comes out about the, the physical dangers of playing football. I agree. And I think when you're trying to play fast, like a lot of these college teams are doing, trying to go up tempo, no huddle and everything, you're going to make more mistakes than not because you're running, you're kind of going chaotic to some extent. Oh, uh, absolutely. absolutely. So uh, it's more of a chaos done. Again, I, I've argued about, I, I think the product's definitely not great. Um, now, today was a good day. There was a lot of good games. I, the, the, you know, the Ohio State-Notre Dame game was That game was nuts. And Incredible yeah. game. I don't like it because it's Ohio State and Notre Dame, and I hate these two teams. I know it was boring. It was, it was like duh. it was a hard fought game, unbelievable finish. And the ending was nothing short yeah. of ridiculous. Those are two good teams. Those are two of the top ten, top fifteen teams in the country. That and there. they played it. They played yeah. like top end teams. I mean, they, you know, it wasn't like the Big Twelve where defense goes to die. Uh, it was quite the opposite. I mean, those defenses rose to the occasion and and held each other in check and. Just when you thought the game was over, it wasn't. No, I mean, unbe- if you get a chance, watch the game. Yeah, and the broadcasters were on site. What about that? It yeah, was good. Who would have thought the broadcasters on site that makes the game even better? 
That was a good game. Florida State Clemson was wild. That was a fun game. Yeah, LSU right. Arkansas played a good game. Those are good games. A lot of good games. Clemsoning, you know, Clemson Clemsoning is is a thing again. It's back. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I missed it. Again. I missed. I would have loved to have seen it. You know, maybe next week, uh, them Clemsoning a game. But hey, they had this game in the bag. They really did, and they blew it. Bam. Oh yeah, they really did. The it's unfortunate, really, because I honestly thought that this game was going to be like, all right, it's close coming, going, you know, we're midway through the third quarter, it's close, tied up, that type of thing, and then it just wasn't. That that's what I think a lot of people are going to come because look, defense goes to die in the Big Twelve all of the time. But what that, but the flip, the other flip side, glass have full perspective of that is you're usually in the game. For the most, for for a lot of for a lot of it, you're in the game. We saw Tim McLean carve up the Kansas State pass de- defense at times for bit for big plays. They took advantage of Kansas State's secondary as se- secondary, but unfortunately, Kansas State secondary was just able to wise up right or wise up at the end there when they started passing ad nauseum, and then we end up getting the mistakes, and then we yeah. I mean, it's you know that's it, it adds up. And especially when you wear down, you start, you get tired, you make mistakes. It's it's, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. All right. Uh, and that's where the mental mistakes, the delay games. I mean, that's a complete unforced error. I mean, like that's you're not paying attention to the play clock. I mean, come on, that that's that's elementary level stuff. Uh, there's there's no excuse for that, and that that is squarely on the quarterback. You got to be aware of your play clock. Uh, yeah, you know, sloppy. It's just sloppy. As you as you get tired and run down, you start to lose focus of things, and you make those kind of mistakes, like like mistakes you don't normally make. You you, you make you know focus errors. You push guys from behind after you know late. Uh, you know that that's that's when you wear down. So maybe the strength and conditioning program needs a little bit of work. I don't know. Ooh. We'll see what happens. What was happening with us having a few delay of games and getting so close many more times? I remember with one of them, I think that we that when we lined up on a very fourth and short, we were trying to get them to go off sides, and Gus wanted to save the time out. That that was um, putting faith in the defense um, by punting. They wanted a little extra field. Uh, that was yeah. by design. Um, but the other ones were not by design. That was I wasn't paying attention. I got to the line late and couldn't get the ball. All right, well, we get out turn of our attentions. Baylor should be a historic week. A lot of uh, excitement. First Big 12 home game against Baylor. More importantly, Drew's going to be in the stands, people. Drew's going to be in the stands, people. And there's a rumor, Drew, that you and I might actually be in the same premise, and we, be, we actually get to meet in person for the first time. We need well, my- it's because um, we're the same person. That's true. <laughs> Yeah. Where, where has there ever anyone that has physically seen Eric Lopez and Andrew Glukov in the same room at the same time? No, because we never have been. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that is true. I mean, our appearance though on that doc, UCF documentary a couple years ago was phenomenal. We were man, we that's were some DC man, that's some DC comic stuff right there. Yeah, I mean, he never sounded so good. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, like so he, I remember when that first happened, he goes, "I've been doing this for six years, and I never sounded so good." Wait, yeah. Drew! Take, wait, Drew! Take off your glasses. 
Ah, it's Eric. Hey, it's Lopez. It's Andrew. It's Eric. It's Andrew. <laughs> but that's going to be fun. Baylor, UCF, 330 kick. Uh, that'll be fun. We'll see what happens. So, uh, I know there's going to be a lot of festivities going on. Uh, I'll, I'm not going to – I believe UCF softball is going to be honored at the game. That's kind of why I will be there because I've been asked to be there. It is the only reason why he's giving this game any attention. Well, somebody's got to if this game's on FS2. <laughs> Uh, well, hey, I don't have the words intent. I would be there, and I have forget, of course, I can actually, you know, follow the game or other games online. Well, let's not forget, of course, that they can honor with that. The UCF will also be will honor the tenth anniversary of the twenty thirteen. That official? That official? Maybe it is. Uh, I don't know. I don't Should think, be. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, well, I mean, you know, people can kind of. Uh, what I mean is, is that people will, people will, will give the game significance, even if UCF doesn't officially do that. I mean, people are going to say like, "Oh yeah, I remember when we played Baylor in the Fiesta Bowl in 2013." You know, well, that, we're going to see a lot of clips. You're going to see a lot of clips of that probably throughout the week, probably through various. Is that like people this week? I remember when I was in Kansas State in 2010. Well, I feel you've got a couple stories from the stands there, uh, for sure. Oh, I, I, I have many stories. Uh, you know, and 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 for me, it's it's actually like I love going on road trips. But the best part about road trips was because you know the after game. You know, like one in particular, I was in the marching band at Penn State, two thousand two, and the, one of the bus broke down, and as a result, we got to play pickup football in a parking lot for a while. I mean, uh, it, that's where memories were made. I mean, it was cool being in the stadium with 102,000 people after they just expanded and being able to hear a pin drop after UCF closed the game within the field goal. But it was also really cool to be able to, you know, in the March Man, play against your, your band director and, flat, and pick up football in a parking lot because your bus broke down. It's the little things that add up. Well, it should be a lot of <laughs> it should be a lot of fun. Uh, Shaq will be in the West Virginia game. DJ Polly, I guess, uh, is doing the other games. I don't know who that. Yeah, is. it's it's DJ. I don't give a crap. Thank you. Very good. Well said. <laughs> Who's that Jersey uh, Shore guy? I mean, dude, that was so that was ten years ago. You know, let it go. <laughs> very good. All right, Drew, we're gonna let you go. Uh, final thoughts, Drew, before we let you go. Uh, disappointing it was a loss but you know what you know you win some you lose some and there's going to be growing pains you know in going into the big 12 and ucf may be the most ready out of the four new programs but that doesn't mean they're going to you know contend for a championship this isn't like going from conference usa to the american which had a couple of strong programs and a bunch of also brands um, you know even with a, a down season for the big 12 this is still a good conference and, and it's going to take time for UCF to get there. Be patient, be supportive, and and temper the expectations. Going twelve and one in the American, uh, you know, winning a bowl game and everything, and a, and a potential conference championship, uh, that's not going to happen every year. It's not going to happen all that often, you know, out the gate. You know, seven and five, six and six, eight and four. That's realistic, and and I think it's it's important that we keep those expectations tempered. Let's let's just put it this way: we we don't want to be pre Lance Lightpole Kansas. Let's just put it that way. I think oh. it's safe to say that UCF is not pre Lance Lightpole no. Kansas. They've already won more than two games. This is true. All right, Drew, get some rest, sir. Thank you for the contributions tonight, which was phenomenal. Seriously, phenomenal. We gotta 
you <laughs> you and Kyle, we just got to get you on it. I don't I don't know how we're going to do this next week because everybody's going to be on campus. We got to figure out a way, but we're going to have to get you to maybe we'll start the show later. I don't know, but uh, heck, you'll be on later this week with Kyle. I mean, do I have to do it while driving back home to the west coast of Florida? No, nah, you know, we want you safe. So I, I don't know. Oh, I mean, you can talk on the phone. I mean, that's not a driving through I 4? Oh, please. Psh. I used to read a book while driving over the Sunshine Skyway in St. Petersburg. I mean, that, you know, I, I four is All a right. piece of cake. Once our you get past our, Champions Gate, it's nothing. Our producer, uh, technical producer, Bryson Turner, we could figure out the technical side of all this. He'll, uh, we could communicate throughout the week. We'll yeah, he could, in my car, he could dangle a microphone that like sits <laughs> right here. There you go. There you <laughs> go. Thank you, Drew. Take care. <laughs> That's Andrew Glukov joining us. Look for him on blackygobanneret.com. He'll be, uh, on later on this podcast this week, a night shift. All right, we got a few minutes. Let's get into over other stuff. Obviously, there was another big sports UCF sports event tonight, which perhaps had some controversy. I had a wacky finish. We know that it was UCF men's soccer ranked third in the country, losing to number one Marshall one nil. Marshall scored a goal in the first half. Over three thousand at Marshall. Unbelievable uh, atmosphere. Beautiful facilities too, with a field turf in there. It was unbelievable. But there was some controversy, Bryson, at the end of this match, within literally the last 30 seconds, UCF almost, they scored a miraculous goal, stealing the ball from the Marshall goalkeeper, A.J. Seals, to tie it up at one, except it was then disallowed by the officials. There was a massive confusion. We believe what at the end what happened was they called a foul when the player, they supposedly tackled the goalkeeper. So what kind of give a quick, Recap of what happened there in, in, in that play. So basically what ended up happening is that, and, and I actually clipped this so we can save it for posterity, is that Zane Bubb did what I would argue in principle was an absolutely brilliant move for a last minute, for a last ditch effort type of thing, where he basically played hide and seek with Marshall's goalkeeper. Because he was he literally was behind him, right? He was the behind the night. Marsh, the Marsh, Marshall's goalkeeper would do that thing where he tosses the ball in front of him and kind of plays with UCF. He always did that the whole night. So what Zane Bub did is he hid behind the goalkeeper, and once he tossed it out, he ran over and sl- and slid and kicked the ball away for to AJ Seals, who then proceeded to score with the open goal. The problem with that is that he slid and not only he not only got the ball but he also came into contact with the goalkeeper and you can't tackle from behind. Well, so that's that the big thing. The big thing as in big, a, as a legal an illegal sliding tackle. Well, and that's the thing you made. He made contact with the goalkeeper. If he doesn't make contact with the goalkeeper, if he just gets ball, then that plays good. But because he contacted with the goalkeeper, that's why it's a foul. UCF was livid. Uh I don't blame him because that was a dramatic moment. At first thought, we thought maybe it was offsides. It wasn't. It might have been offsides anyway, but we know no. But it was definitely a sliding tackle. I think it was a good call. I think what frustrated UCF was there was no call at first when the goal scored. Then they talked about it, and then I think they reviewed it. They changed the call, or they called it a foul, and then they reviewed it. It was chaotic, and I think that would that would tick off a bench. You feel short change there. You wonder if because the Marshall bench was lively, chatty, uh, throughout the match, you wonder if they talked them into that because I don't know if they called that right away. That's why I think UCF was upset. But I do think at the end, it probably was the right call based on looking at the replay. But uh, wow, that was uh, was a heck of a match. Credit I thought it was a really creative call though. Like I, I yeah. in principle, 
that was a brilliant call. Oh, yeah, great, great, yeah. I mean, that yeah. I, I honestly, like, legitimately, if that had worked, then that would have been it like, almost did, literally, probably by an inch. It all, it, it didn't, but it, it's worth the try. You got nothing to lose. There's like 25 exactly. seconds there was left. Only, yeah. There was only 30 seconds left. What yeah. else were you going to do? No, it was a, it was a brilliant last ditch, last ditch effort. And honestly, if you are a goalkeeper now, when you play against UCF in the future and uh, UCF in the future, just walk, look behind, look over your shoulder. And I mean that literally. Well, maybe the Marshall goalkeeper. I think they picked up on that on film, probably with the Marshall goalkeeper too. Very true. Uh, very true. The, crazy that's match. Like, crazy match. Uh, that's it. Though yeah. looking at the looking at looking at the stats, by the way, Marshall number one in the country, UCF number three. And looking at the stats here, UCF was actually able to hang with them pretty good. I would say. Mar I mean, well, they had an opportunity. Dorado had an opportunity with a, with a goal opportunity in the first half. Didn't convert when the goalkeeper was out of the net. And then a few seconds later, Marshall came, countered, and scored a great, beautiful goal. So UCF had some chances. Tough place to play. Great atmosphere. By the way, man, why is everybody having better facilities than we do? We, we I, It was jaw – I was jaw-dropping how good that – how nice-looking that Marshall facility is. And I don't want to hear the excuse that they invested money in their soccer program. They, they don't have money either. So, uh, man, we got a lot – we got a lot of work to do facility-wise at UCF over the next decade or so with the Olympics. Well, you know, the, the broadcasters were talking about the, comparing the uh, Marshall to like a Premier League team or like an yeah. English soccer team. I think, honestly, Marshall really took cues from like the small, you know, soccer environments in English in English soccer because I watched oh, – credit. Because yeah, no, I think, I've, I've seen – I've looked, seen like, you know, videos and photos of like smaller, like non-league English yeah. soccer facilities, and that reminded me of Marshall's Marshall's soccer That's environment. The jersey really look, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. Like those no, people agree. hanging on the fences on the other side, yes. like I, I've seen that, and like when looking at non-league uh, matches every once in a while on uh, social media, I've seen stuff like that. No credit to them. Good match. Uh, Marshall's in great shape too. They beat JMU James Madison last week. Beat UCF. Now what, the top two teams in the country might be in the state of West Virginia. With Marshall and West Virginia, maybe the two best teams uh, moving forward. But UCF's going to be fine. I thought they handled themselves well. They had some chances. They go to Kentucky next week. That's a tough one. Kentucky's a desperate team. They were the preseason favorite in the Sun Belt. Hopefully UCF can get a result there. And then the schedule softens up much more for UCF. as They'll finally be back home October 7th. But I still think this is a really good UCF soccer team. Hopefully they don't drop too far in the polls. I think that would be wrong. But uh, we will see what happens. We'll have more on the UCF Soccer. Bryson will have a nightcap this week on BlackAndGoBanneret.com on the big men's soccer match there, as well as shout-out to volleyball. They go 2-0 at Cincinnati in op opening Big 12 play. They're 2-0. They beat Cincinnati in four sets Thursday, swept Cincinnati on Friday. They will come home for their first Big 12 home game against Oklahoma Thursday, Friday night. From the venue, ESPN Plus will have it. Despina Barton and Aaron Campbell will be on the call for that. Women's soccer, they beat Houston on the road 1-0 on Thursday. They're playing at home Sunday against Kansas. 1 o'clock, big match for Coach Sahadek. Under the radar, Bryson. Here, 2-0 in league play to start in the Big 12. If they can beat Kansas, they're 3-0. So it's an important home match for Coach Sahadek and UCF women's soccer. So those are the fall sports going on right now in the Big 12. I mentioned next weekend, a busy week. Football, obviously, their first ever Big 12 conference home game against, um, um, excuse me, ch ch choked up there. Baylor, 330. 
Uh, softball will be honored for their American Conference Championship during that game at some point. Perhaps they do, you know. So that it's going to be a busy, fun week. But uh, I know we're looking forward to that, Bryson. In a lot of level. Give me your uh, kind of tease that uh, nightcap. What's coming? So nightcap this time. Well, of course, we'll talk about men's soccer. Uh, update. Uh, by the way, number four Akron drew St. John's one to one. So I haven't. So I think. I think UCF should be able to stay in the top five because Marshall's a really good team. So we'll see what that happens. The call, uh, the United Soccer Coaches Poll always releases their rankings on Tuesday afternoon. So keep an eye out for that. And the, But my nine caps drop on Monday where we'll see all of the Olymp- Olympic sports talk about the women's soccer, talk about volleyball, talk about also we ha- you have some men's golf and, te- and tennis action as well going You're on. You're going out to soccer? Are you going to soccer uh, Sunday? I was already planning on going to campus to study for a to study for a test I have on Monday. So yes, I was aiming on, on popping over there while I there was. There you up. go. So we'll have some post game press uh, coverage on Black and Gold Banner here on the YouTube channel. We we'll have volleyball coverage throughout the week. Nick Porcelli will be helping out with Bryson as well on that department. And then next Saturday, where I don't know what we're going to do, but we are going to be on night shift. Some of us might be on campus. Some of us may not. We haven't figured all that out, but we will be on after the Baylor game somehow, some way. Um, I don't know how we're doing this, Bryce, but we got to figure we got time to. It's a unique show next week. It's, everybody's going to be on campus in some capacity at some point. Yeah, it's always it's always fun when when the when multiple Banneret guys are in the same physical space. It's always a fun time. All right, so we're going to wrap it up here because we've got two hours. Because you guys have been, uh, ladies and gentlemen, you've been fantastic. You have uh, always run the show. Thank you for all the comments. Sorry we didn't get to every question. Uh, there was a lot. But a lot of same questions. Uh, but we always appreciate the feedback and uh, spread the word. You know, this is where you go to watch the game, uh, get your anger out, frustrations out, or comments out, celebration, you name it. Uh, we'll have it for you here at Night Shift. We'll have a regular podcast later in the week. That'll be on the podcast feed. We'll get you set for the Baylor game, among other things. I mentioned the YouTube channel. Keep it there. We're going to have, obviously, the post games for soccer, volleyball, uh, and the football game next week. By the way, men's the basketball Big 12 schedule will come out Tuesday. We might I'll have something on that. Uh, that'll be intriguing there as well. Bryce, this was uh, this was a, a fun show. I I will admit, Kyle and uh, Drew uh, put on a show that uh, that was that was fun. I actually I feel better. I felt better. This helped me. This helped. This was good therapy for me. I actually feel better than I did two hours ago. Yeah, I think the night shift is a re- night shift is a very not- good way to just express what we're feeling. Just you want to vent, want to discuss. I think maybe we should re- try to rename the show where re- rename the show night shift therapy session or something like that. Because <laughs> I think because it's all we always feel better when we talk stuff out, and I think especially with this game because once when you make a mistake and you initially do it, you're just like, oh, I could have done so much better. Like I. Like last week, I was taking a couple of exams, which is why I had I wasn't able to really talk about my birthday much until a couple of days afterwards. But basically, I when I once I got the scores, there are scores, and I see the, the, some of the questions I got wrong. I'm in the moment. I'm like, oh come on, I really should have gotten that question right. But once you're able to take a step back and really, really examine what you did on the whole, you'll be thinking like, you know what, I did pretty doggone good. And I, 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 and I'm really, and I'm happy, and I'm, and I'm all right with that. And I think with this game, it's sort of like that. It's our first game in the Big Twelve. We made some mistakes, sure, but when you really look at the overall performance of the game, 
I think we, we did good enough to hang around. We just made some mistakes that are easily identifiable. And I would argue that, that, that they should be easy to address going forward. And we have a good opponent in, com- coming up where we can now really get the home crowd involved. Because let's face it, again, it's weird to have your first Big 12 conference game on the road. But so next week, we'll be able to really properly celebrate it all together on the UCF campus, which I think, honestly, let, I think that's always where it it was meant to be. I think we always were meant to really celebrate this accomplishment together, and we'll finally get a chance to do that next week against Baylor. You're muted, Eric. All right, very good. We keep it here. Uh, we will have a night shift next week. It might be literally after the game, or it might be a little a little bit after the game, depending on what we're all doing. Uh, Bryson and I are going to figure out all the technical uh, stuff that we have to figure out on the show, but we will uh, do that. Keep it on blackandgoldbanner.com for all the articles. Uh, Kyle will have a recap of the Kansas State game with the night class. We're going to have some nightcap with Bryson uh, basketball schedule. We're going to have a recap of that on the uh, site later this week. I'll probably break that down. And a ton of more stuff. TV assignments. Well, Kansas, what channel is that going to be on? And I'll have the TV numbers for this Kansas State game. What, what do you think? If you had to ballpark it, what do you think? Oh, not good. <laughs> not. I mean, Ohio State Notre Dame was unbelievable. That thing will get eight to ten mil easily. Like everybody was watching that game. And you know, you had Iowa, Penn State. That was a blowout. Texas blew out Baylor. LSU, Arkansas was a great game. LSU won. That'll get a good number. Where? We're probably going to be around that 300 to 400,000 viewership. 300 to 450, I guess. Hmm. And I think the fact that Kansas State pulled away, probably around, I would closer to be 300 to 400. Yeah, that, yeah, that doesn't really help either. Anyway, but it is what it is. We can't control that. All right, that'll do it for this show. Thanks to Kyle Nash. Thanks to Andrew Blutkoff. Thanks to all of you. For Bryson Turner, I'm Eric Lopez. We hope you've enjoyed this edition of Night Chef, the postgame show. Go Knights! Charge on.